Welcome back to His and Hers Movie Podcast. This is episode number 64, and today's special episode is a return episode, and since we've been gone so long, we decided to up the ante a little bit. We actually have a triple dose of featured reviews. So the last month or so, three horror films came out in the theater. Theaters are back. We went and checked out all three, and we're going to get to reviews on Spiral from the Book of Saw, A Quiet Place 2, and the newly released The Conjuring 3, The Devil Made Me Do It. And I'm one half of your hosting duo, podcasting out of southwestern Pennsylvania on this June 6, 2021. My name is JP, and joining me tonight out of Southwest PA is Carly. What's going on? It's been Not, a while. Yes, I guess it has been a while. Um, we've been, uh, you know, putting off pods. Uh, there's no other way to really put it. We just put them off. We were going to record uh this wednesday and i became sick and actually died uh jp did not care at all no i just had like rbs poisoning i think i had covid and i still recorded a pod i didn't have that i had actual death disease so um i had uh, like i i needed to go to the er i asked jp he told me to go screw myself and i died but i'm back again and um i'm never eating arby's again so screw you arby's but yeah anyway so we were supposed to record then we did not and then we both work so it is hard but now we are finally back recording on this lovely sunday evening it's very hot uh hot as balls right now in my living room um i had a fan on jp told me i'm not allowed to have fans so now i am fanless and hot um and yeah but other than that i've been working i've been watching a lot of the movies for the summer series for duncan's podcast under the stairs and that's kind of been what i've been up to we just recorded a new slumber party massacre as well recently so that'll be out soon uh that's fun that show's going pretty well um but yeah that's pretty much all i kind of i don't really do too much in the whole podcasting world besides prep for giant shows like duncan's or 22 shots which i seem to have wiggled my way out of this time but yeah that's kind of all i've been really doing lately so what about you um well i had covid once you had covid once we're both covid survivors i never had covid you just had it no buddy i had vomiting diarrheal fever disease that's gross yes You're nasty. well it's what happens. COVID. Um, nobody stop. What? Didn't you talk for a while? No, I'm I'm texting fighting with Mike Merriman. I see that. Like, who cares what Mike Merriman and his stupid profile picture are saying? <laughs> All right. Listen. Um. But yeah, I hate when I see you in chats talking while we're recording. It's disrespectful to me because we're the only two on this pod, and I feel ignored. There you are again, saying more stuff in the chat. Well, he's um, he's he's hating on joker and this is the thing everybody thinks i always argue all i said was like oh i really liked cruella it was like a really good movie it was kind of joker light though and then mike merriman says well joker is scorsese light and that's what starts it i i didn't even i was just giving my you know what i mean like i always get blamed for the one to be like arguing but it's like 
I was just talking about stuff that I liked. <laughs> yeah, but Mike's not arguing either. He was just saying, you said something is something light, he said something is something light. And that could have been the end of it, but, but he no. This is Joker all the time. Look, I know, and he... I was a hater of Joker. I thought everybody was like, when, when I saw the trailer, no. I was like, this movie's not anything special. Like, I don't know why everybody's going nuts about it. Or this movie's not going to be anything special. But then I watched it, and I was like, damn, that was a good movie. Yeah, but I'm just saying, Mike always hates on it, so I don't get why even or Shut up! I don't get why even argue with him when he, you know he's not going to change his mind. He's just going to keep saying stuff to get you all razzed up. See, buddy, now people are going to know that you're near a train track by a river, and whenever they come to find your altar... You're gonna be caught. To find my what? Altar. What's that? Where you do satanic rituals. Did you watch oh. the move? Oh. Well, not, not, that's not gonna do. Buddy, like, I don't have an altar. No, no, but, but, and also, buddy, we live in. I don't know if you know this, but no matter where you live in Pennsylvania, there is a river and train nearby. It's facts. No, that's not facts. Yeah, it is. Like, I, I have noticed. It's true. Like, there's a lot of rivers and trains nearby. <clears throat> but anyway, what were we saying? We were saying about... Well, that's because every town we know is, like, built on the Mon River. <laughs> yeah, like, oh, my cousin lives by a train. She lives in a different town. It's, like, it's just funny. But anyway, a lot of trains. A lot of trains and rivers. Yeah, so we, we've been <clears throat> gone for a little bit. Um, had a bit of a rough work schedule. And then you got COVID, so we had to... I don't... COVID! I know, you got cured from it. No, I have the vaccine. I didn't have COVID. I have, like, I was just dying of, like, throwing up disorder. What is one of the symptoms of COVID? Throwing up. Yeah, but I had it for... Also, another symptom is you just have it forever. Like, it lasted for two days. For me, I didn't lose taste or smell or whatever stupid stuff they say that you apparently lose. I didn't have, like, anything wrong with my nose or throat. It was just vomiting. And, and I also, well, I, I'm not going to get into the stuff I did. But I was going to say about a pill that I took that, you know, causes some complications sometimes. But anyway, that is gross. And I don't want to talk about it. And you guys can guess what that is. And... Well, I just, if you're not going to take credit for it, I will. I survived COVID. <clears throat> okay, yeah, you, di you did, but you didn't really survive because you weren't in a major ordeal to begin with. Do they have, like, those ribbons that you make, that they make for, like, breast cancer? Do they have one for COVID? I would no, like I think, one. I feel like that would be kind of offensive. I beat COVID's ass. COVID can't touch me. Also, that's like, those ribbons, I think, are like for awareness. So it doesn't mean like I survived. That's not like surviving. It's just like awareness to oh. the illness. Well, are I you think. aware I survived COVID? <clears throat> yeah, but you weren't like in the hospital dying of it, so. No, it was super easy. Barely even an inconvenience. You screwed that up. <laughs> what, how did I screw it up? You stuttered. <laughs> no, you stuttered. I didn't. I yeah, didn't. you tripped up. <laughs> no, I didn't. Yeah, it's all right, buddy. <clears throat> but anyway. Yeah, yeah, I don't so, even think we ever told the listeners that I got diagnosed with COVID. No, because... Er, no, I don't think we did. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I caught the COVID uh, a while ago. Um, but I was fine. 
So, um, carry on. Yeah. And you got it, but you <laughs> only had it for two days. No, I ate <laughs> Arby's. It was a moment of weakness. I ate Arby's after work. Wait, and just because I... you got COVID, you're not weak. It happens what? to a lot of people. No, eating Arby's was the weakness. Because oh. I was I was hungry and like I just got a lot of food there and like I ate it all and then I was like sick uh, about an hour later and that's I just blame it on that and then I lost like five pounds and I didn't eat any and I still don't even like food right now like I just am very le- like I'm afraid to eat anything I think because I'm afraid of being sick again. Yeah, it's I was a nice like person a and gave you half of my <clears throat> sub and you didn't even that I bought you. <laughs> I bought you. Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was really nice, though. But yes, yes, I'm having difficulties because it's like I don't trust the foods. On another note, I freaking dropped my phone and cracked the screen. Yeah, well, you're a dumbass. So, that note is closed. That is the solution. You're dumb. I'm sorry. And that's that. But you ordered a new phone. Yeah, I did. I did. And... How do you feel about that? Um, I'm happy, you know, I I was, it's probably my fault because the other night I, uh, was looking at, I was like looking at my phone. I was like, I I haven't got a phone in a couple years. Like maybe I should get a new phone. I was like, I don't feel like spending hundreds of dollars on a new phone. So I think I cursed myself, um, ordered a new phone. Um, I'm always excited when I get a new phone though, because like, uh, usually the screen's like a bigger size or like different size. Like this one's like got a wider screen. So I'm kind of like, I watch a lot of things on my phone. (laughs) So I think that's kind of cool. Um, but yeah, I, I mean, downloading Spotify and stuff like that. And this phone is supposed to have like a really good battery, like way better than mine. So, um, as you know, my phone's always dead. That's also cause you're fighting with people on chats all the time. Well, mainly Mike Merriman. Yeah. But, but anyway. Anyway. Yes. Uh, so, um, we're back, you know, we, we were going to just record like three separate episodes on this, but we ain't got time to do that. So we're just going to, we're just going to do, um, we're just going to do a big catch up show. Um, and then we're going to put off more pods. Yay. Yeah. We love putting off pods. Yeah. It's just, we're like tired. Like we work and we're tired and it's hard. It, and... it really, really has to do with us working different schedules. <laughs> See what it's I did also... there? See what I did there? Uh, we watched Cruella today as well, and they're you, all British. It's, 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 it's Cruella. Cruella? Keep saying Cruella. No, I'm not. You're like forgetting the R. You're going Cruella. 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 Play it back. Every, tell me I'm not wrong. Or tell me I'm. Tell wrong? me I am wrong. Yeah, you are tell me wrong. I'm wrong. Yeah, I'm saying tell me I'm wrong to the people. Um, but <clears throat> that that movie's British. Like all the people are British. It's set in London, and um, I noticed that Londoners say schedule. They oh, pronounce. I well, I don't know how schedule. Schedule. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's probably the right way to say it since they invented English, I think. <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean... 
I don't know. It's always funny, like, hearing the, the British dialect. Um, so, anyway, we, we're, we're, you know, we're back. We, we, uh, watched some things. We did some things. And we've been seeing the new movies that are coming out. Um, huge good news is, um, Quiet Place made a ton of money at the box office. I mean, not a ton. Like, I saw people, like, kind of trashing it a little bit because not tra like i i seen two things like there's always gonna be the haters and detractors right like um when the saw numbers came out they were like you know saw opened with the worst you know opening weekend of the franchise's history and it's like well no shit i mean half the theaters were closed <laughs> you know what i mean like it's it's yeah. not like it's a and it's like covid and like people still aren't doing things you know what i mean like they're starting to now but i mean just even a couple weeks ago it was like less than now um yeah and uh, and honestly like it's not that it's it's a tired franchise so it, it makes sense but at the same time like i don't think it was like a major flop considering but quiet place came out and it did pretty big numbers um and conjuring seems to be like pretty big for covid like obviously the first um quiet place movie did like way better but again there was no restrictions when that came out and movies were hot but if anything it, it looks like the conjuring's doing decent so i think it's safe to say that horror is the savior of the box office and i think it's safe to say that hopefully studios are like all right horror's hot right now horror's hot again let's roll like because i don't know about you but one of my favorite experiences was seeing it chapter one in the theater and we know that movie like did like gangbusters and did some crazy numbers and yeah. i love to see them succeed because it means we'll get more and they'll they'll do more and and you gotta also think conjuring came out on hbo max the day it was released so you gotta factor right. in that, that you know that's gonna take away from some of the numbers but I'm I'm pretty happy. It gives me complete confidence that we'll see Candyman this year and Halloween Kills and uh, anything else that was supposed to come out in theaters. I think we're gonna get. And then uh, next year, I think we'll be full um, force back to normal with <coughs> theatrical releases. I mean, there was only a brief time for us where we weren't able to see movies theatrically um, yeah. because most of our theaters did like sort of open back up um even if it was like minor date like minor schedules um <laughs> but you don't find me funny <laughs> yeah oh, that's thanks, funny buddy. it was like a delayed laugh it was like so funny you had to like think about it for a minute yeah it took me yeah you're right okay uh, go on but you know uh so i'm happy about that that that, that gets me excited because the whole point of this podcast was to talk about the movies that came out theatrically <laughs> right right and yeah yeah um so. we used to be weekly but now we're kind of like whenever we can so that's a little unfortunate it, it definitely has curved my 2021 watches a little bit yeah but you know uh hopefully we'll be it really it, to be fair like the biggest aspect of this is just work schedule like you've taken a new job and you now work longer on a lot of days than you used to and yeah. I am, I pretty much can only record like two days a week. And one of them, I'm usually, we're going to movies. And sometimes we get back and we don't feel like doing it. Um, 
So it, it, it's it's unfortunate, but like we're not pod fading. <laughs> we just, no, we're uh, not. We're not gonna abandon the pod as we did with you know N and C R I P. Um, uh, well, I no, really don't, like... don't, no. <laughs> we're not bringing it back. I don't want to bring it back. We're done. I actually was thinking the other day about bringing it back because uh, George Romero's Amusement Park got released, which of course is the lost Romero film that is like finally out like you know nobody ever seen it was made in the 70s i believe Mm -hmm. so that's cool and i kind of wanted i was like we should do a streaming episode um but no we're we're probably not bringing back nnc um i just yeah it's really more of a time thing for us like we could barely keep up with this one but i do like covering streaming things too i haven't watched like any streaming things this year yeah me neither um but Anyway, I mean, let's kind of get into it because we got a longer show here today. Um, are we we're doing we're doing what we watched. Um, do you remember the last thing that I talked about? I wrote it down, but I'm scared to even say it because I know. <laughs> what was it? 2001 Maniacs. Oh my god, where's that at? Oh my god, buddy. All right, dude, I'm gonna be really <coughs> quick on these, okay? Okay. All right. So, uh, I was still finishing 2005. <laughs> I watched Wolf Creek. Loved it. It's an amazing Australian uh, backwoods type of movie. Uh, Mick Taylor is a super awesome villain. And that one did make my top 10 of 2005. If you haven't heard that show, definitely check it out. Uh, then I watched Jennifer as well. Um, Love that movie. Dario Argento's Masters of Horror episode. It's... Uh, it is my favorite episode of the two seasons and i think it's one of the argento's like last you know it's one of the best things he made post stendhal syndrome um then i watched house by the cemetery 1981 that of course was part of the joe bob um the uh joe bob last drive-in with uh, Eli Roth was the guest, and that was a really fun episode. Lo- I, House by the Cemetery, when I first seen it, I was like, that movie kind of sucks, but, you know, it's it's kind of okay. But now I love it. Um, then I watched Beneath the Stillwaters. This is a Brian Yuzna film. It really wasn't that good. That's from 2005 as well. Uh, then I watched House of Wax, which was a 2005 movie that did make my top 10 list, and I think that that movie is a lot underrated by today's point i I think that it's starting to get respect now but it actually was one of the cooler remakes in that weird era of remakes and uh it was originally supposed to be a tourist trap remake which is interesting uh then i watched dark water 2005 the remake i actually kind of enjoyed that one um i do really like the original dark water um, but I didn't have much of an issue. It could be because I watched the original so long ago that, you know, it didn't bother me as much. But I know this one gets a lot of hate, but I, I enjoyed it. Um, then I watched 2005's American Haunting. And I thought that one was... Uh, it actually could have been really good, but I had some, like, major issues with it. I remember, like, the sound design just being, like, super annoying. Like, it was just way too prominent in the movie um then i watched chocolate homecoming dear woman and cigarette burns which was all masters of horror episodes from 2005 chocolate isn't very good it's one of the worst episodes homecoming 
uh, Chocolate was Matt Garris's. Um, Homecoming mm-hmm. is Joe Dante's, I believe, and that one I always hated. And then, like, you could tell I grew up a lot because last time I watched it, I didn't know really anything about politics, and it's almost impossible not to nowadays. So I actually kind of appreciated the political nature of it. Uh, then we have Dear Woman from John Landis. Uh, that one is actually pretty fun and good. Um, and the lead is really stunning. The Dear Woman. Uh, then we have Cigarette Burns, John Carpenter's flick. Oh, wait. I said I watched Dear Woman, directed by John Landis. <laughs> oh, wait, that's the wrong reaction. I meant, Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Uh, Cigarette Burns. Um, John Carpenter, kind of a lost about a lost film. I like stuff like that. It was pretty good. Um, then we have Hostel 2005. Absolutely love it. One of the best um, movies of the decade for me, and it did make my top ten. Um, then we have Narika's Dinner Table, which me and you watch together. We kind of we didn't pay the most attention to it. Uh, it's a Sign Sano film, kind of a sequel to Suicide Club. I thought it was good, but um, way too long. Uh, then I, like I watched... Talk- Ta- What's that? I feel like you talked about some of these already. Did I really? Yeah. like the, I thought. I feel like you already ran through the Masters of Four on the last step. Well, you should have told me that. Well, I just noticed that you're, like, <laughs> running... Like, All right, well, I, I'm, I'm being fast with them, so... Sorry, we, we haven't done this in so long, we're a little confused on what we talked about. Uh, Tamara, 2005. That one's really um, a little underrated from 2005. I thought it was pretty fun. Um, then we have The Devil's Rejects. <laughs> obviously made my top ten. <laughs> uh, yes. It was my number one. And, yeah, that movie is amazing. Uh, then I watched War of the Worlds, 2005. It was pretty good. I, I, I think that um, I think that made somebody's top ten. Uh, but yeah, it's a yep. it's a it's a good you know alien invasion film. The Fog, 2005. It sucks. <laughs> Moving on. Um, Nori the Curse, 2005. Really good. Did you watch that one? Yeah, I watched that one. It was pretty good. Yeah, really scary, man. There's a really scary scene at the end. Um, then we have Strange Circus 2005, also made my top 10. Um, that one is awesome. Signed Sano again. I liked it more this time watching it than when we covered it on the podcast. Um, skipping that one because we're going to talk about it later. Uh, then I watched The Vampire Lovers 1970 because, well, 2005 is over and we move on to 1970. <clears throat> and, yeah. uh, this is a Hammer film. Have you ever seen this? No. It's uh, some lesbian vampires. It's pretty good. Um, I had seen it a long time ago, and I really loved it. I probably liked it a little bit less, honestly, this time, but I still think it's a pretty solid movie. And uh, then I watched The Horror of Frankenstein from 1970. And I'm sorry, but we don't have, like, a Survive 05, you know, what was Run Through 91. There's nothing that rhymes with 1970. Find me a remedy for 1970. Mm, no, because it's not <clears throat> a remedy. I, I need a remedy for that type of year. <laughs> um, the Horror of Frankenstein 1970. I actually really liked this one. Um, it was pretty cool. I thought that the guy that played Victor Frankenstein was a complete asshole, and, and he really, like, like... I really like what he did with the character. 
uh the frankenstein monster aspect of it is a little light and i felt like the ending was a little uh, like a little um anticlimactic and sort of just like it ends and you're like eh. <laughs> um so i didn't really care for the ending too much but i i like the movie um, and then I started watching 2018 movies because of the summer series that is one of my years. We got Mandy from 2018. Um, this is a movie that like everybody loves, but I just think it's good. Like I, I, I don't, it almost sounds like I don't like it when I talk about it, but it's only because I'm talking about how like, I don't see why people love it as much, but I do like it. It is a really fun movie. It's very colorful and pretty to look at. Nick Cage is fun um it's you know violent and and stuff like that it, it's a good movie i just don't think it's great um so yeah mandy uh then we have a quiet place 2018 uh this is actually a film that did make my top 10 when when it came out but i always had like list maker remorse where i felt like man i don't think that would make my top 10 if i redid the list and I don't know why that was. Maybe because it was like my instant reaction when in the theater was like I had so much fun with it. But then I thought like, oh, it's it's honestly it might not be as good as I thought. I think I just had real a lot of fun with it, and it's it's not as quality of a movie as I thought. But after watching it, I do think it's a really good movie. The relationship stuff is great uh, between the father and daughter, and that that girl is great in that movie. Um, the li the little girl. You said she's deaf in real life. Uh, yes, I believe so. Yeah, I mean, that's incredible. She did such a fantastic job. I love John Krasinski. Um, big Office fan. Uh, like most people, I, I love the Jim character, so he's cool as well. Um, so then I watched The Final Countdown, 1980. Um, I got a screener copy from Blue Underground on 4K. Uh, the Final Countdown is a film that essentially is sort of a like action sci-fi th sort of thriller type movie where there is this um uh, martin sheen plays this character in it and he's he's like overseeing this naval command thing i forget the exact details because i did watch it a couple of weeks ago um, but they're, they're out in the ocean and they essentially go, th there's a big storm and it's crazy and it's, it doesn't look like any type of storm anybody's ever seen. And essentially what happens is they go t through a time rift and they're back in the 1940s, uh, during World War II, right before the Japanese bombed Pearl Harbor. And they're kind of off the coast of Pearl Harbor. So they send some scouts in there to look at, you know, to, to, because they lose all communication with everybody because essentially the, the stuff they're using is on different frequencies and, and different things because it's, you know, from the future. And uh, they send some people in Pearl Harbors like it was in the 40s and it doesn't look like it does in present day 80s. So they're kind of like, what the hell's going on? They eventually realize like, oh, the Japanese are about to bomb Pearl Harbor because they see them bomb like another little people out in the ocean who apparently was like, um, some sort of important political figure um, that disappeared in real life I did read that about the movie and uh, essentially there's this dilemma of do they intervene because we all know that it ended up okay like the 
like Pearl Har like after Pearl Harbor and World War II, obviously we won the war. We defeated the 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 Nazis and you know along with other Allied countries and stuff. So like, do you if you intervene, does it change the future for the worse? You know, even though a lot of people are going to die in Pearl Harbor and it's going to be this huge devastating thing, could it end up messing up the future more? So there's this dilemma. And I thought that aspect of the movie was really fun and interesting, but the only thing is, like, you don't get a lot of, it's mostly, like, talking and and concepts. You don't get a lot of action in the movie, so it's, it was a little bit of a letdown, like, because I do love the concept. I almost want to see, like, what would have happened both ways, you know what I mean? If they did something, if they didn't do something, you know, like... I don't know it, it, it's it's a good movie but I didn't love it uh the 4k is really good it's it's very impressive like blue underground usually does the sound is awesome because there's all these airplanes and jets and stuff like that and it's you know it's a loud movie um the colors are good like the storm sequence was really cool uh I think that it's a, a really good 4k blu-ray not a movie that I would like seek out to buy um, but if you like stuff like that, you know, it, it, I think Dave said it best, Dave Parker. He said, it's like your dad's type of movie, like something that you'd walk in and your dad would be watching or your friend's dad. And I, I completely agree. It's a perfect description of it. Um, but yeah, blue underground typically doing horror movies, but you know, this one's kind of different. It actually feels like a very big movie too. Like, I mean, clearly there was a lot of money put into this film, but yeah, um, that's the final countdown. And uh, then I watched Maniac Cop with on the last drive-in. And who uh, the guest was Bruce Campbell, of course, uh, the star of Maniac Cop, alongside Robert Dazar, Tom motherfucking Atkins. There's a bunch of people in Maniac Cop. 1988. Uh, do you, Have you ever seen Maniac Cop? Yeah, but I haven't seen the sequels. Maniac Cop's good. It's a good movie. It's actually kind of interesting to watch now. I haven't seen this movie in years. But, of course, we know about, like, the political nature of police and, and all the stuff that happened in the George Floyd incident and um, plenty of other incidents afterwards and, you know, the riots and things like that. So it, it's kind of almost, like, eerie watching it now because it's about a rogue police officer who's killing people and everybody doesn't trust the police and you're like wow <laughs> it's a little too um close to reality these days um but yeah it's it's a great movie you really love it. it it actually they could remake it now and it would be super relevant um i know there was talks years ago about one but i don't think it ever came to fruition uh then i watched the switchblade sisters this was a screener that I got from Arrow Video. I had seen this film, like, I had it on, like, a like a multi-pack or something. I think it might have been a bootleg. I'm not sure. But I had it years and years ago, like, ten years ago, I think I watched it. Um, but, yeah, this is, a, this, is, this is a weird movie. It's um, 1975, directed by Jack Hill. Of course, we know Jack Hill. You know Jack Hill, right? Yep. Uh, I felt like that was a fake yep. No, I'm just saying, like, yep, yep. Go on with your story, yep. Um, have you ever seen Spider Baby, a.k.a. The Maddest Story Ever Told? 
1967. You have seen that? Yes. He directed that. Yeah, of course. I know. <laughs> Do you actually know Jack Hill? No, but I, I've oh. seen that move. I've <laughs> seen that move. Yeah. Um, Coffee, which is a fantastic movie starring Pam Greer. Um, Foxy Brown, which is also a classic black exploitation film starring Pam Greer. Um, and he did, you know, a handful of other exploitation films. He's sort of a known exploitation director. I've seen another one of his films, um, The Swinging Cheerleaders, which was came out right before Switchblade Sisters, which is just a, a weird movie about cheerleaders. Um, the the Big Bird Cage from 1972, which I watched for uh. that. <laughs> um, he's done a bunch of stuff, you know. He's done some horror. He's done some exploitation. He's done some, some uh, you know, other type of movies. Uh, another movie he directed, um, which he was uncredited for. It's a Roger Corman film. Uh, it is The Terror, which is considered, I think, a bad movie. I've actually never seen it, but it stars Jack Nicholson. Oh, yeah. And Boris Karloff. Yes. Isn't it kind of weird to think Jack Nicholson and Boris Karloff are old enough? Like, Jack Nicholson's old enough to have worked with Boris Karloff? Yes, it is. I think I have that move on one of those packs that I bought at Dollar Tree. Yeah, I think it might be a public domain movie. I'm not 100% sure. But anyway, Switchblade Sisters um, is, uh, is a film... It's an exploitation film. It's about this girl who goes to school in high school and, like, the town. It kind of reminds you of, like, Class of 1984-ish, where it's sort of this, you know, uh, the youth is kind of took over a little bit and they kind of run things. And um, she is, she becomes friends with these other girls who are um, the Silver Daggers. And they're uh, basically, oh, sorry, the Silver Daggers are the the male gang and their female counterparts of the dagger debs and it's a gang movie you know and they, they get in trouble they go to this this jail um juvenile detention center there's like a lesbian ward in there they get out um the, the lead of the male uh gang actually rapes the the lead female that we're following but it's like done in this really weird way because it's like it's almost like she doesn't care. It's it's very weird. It's very very weird how it's done. Um, but yeah, there's and then there's this other gang that comes into the school and they got issues with the old gang and then, you know, there's all these other gang members and stuff and it, it's just it's a it's a high school gang movie. It's ridiculous. It can only exist in the 70s and maybe the 80s, um, but not like this like this way it can only exist in the 70s i don't love the movie i think it's kind of really cheesy at times and stuff but it's 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 70s cinema it's 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 likable um transfer was good too from arrow video there and uh yeah i I, it was it was a fun watch it was a nice revisit um then we got maniac cop 2 from 1990 uh this was also part of the last drive-in double feature and Maniac Cop 2 is a great sequel. I actually think it's a lot stronger from Maniac Cop 1. Um, it's more supernatural, even though the first one kind of was. Um, Robert Dazar is back. Zadar. 
Is it Zadar or Dizar? I think it's Zadar. Um, I think it's probably Lazar or Dar. Uh, I'm not sure. And Bruce Campbell comes back very briefly. <laughs> uh, the thing I love about Maniac Cop 2 is like the insane um, fire stunt. There is an amazing fire stunt done in this film. It's like some of the best firework ever in cinema in my opinion and yeah it's it's a great movie i think that the aspect of um adding in the other killer played by what is his name is it like leo or something like that um the other serial killer that's in the movie um he he's really like steals the screen um and uh leo rossi yeah, as Turkle. Um, he he's really cool. I think that people are crazy if they don't think Maniac Cop Two is better than the first one, but that's just me. Um, of course, it has the classic tagline of um, "You have the right to remain silent forever." forever. Yes. Um, and then we have uh, Summer of '84, 2018, again with the 2018 movies. Uh, this was a great rewatch. I really enjoyed rewatching this one. Um, we had, this actually was a headliner for our Halloween movie marathon a couple of years ago, and uh, it's always different watching with a group, but watching it like by myself and and getting into the movie really good. It gets very dark and mean spirited at the end, which I just love. Um, it's of course compared to like stuff like stranger things and it and super eight and you know stand by me like the classic stephen king type of of vibe it, it feels very heavily inspired by those types of films the coming of age like youth type movies any any move that has a bunch of boys riding bicycles basically that's actually a very good descriptor <laughs> that's, what, that's what i noticed yeah they all have that in common right <laughs> yes um but uh, it, it gets very dark, and I like that. I only have one issue with like how the end plays out. Something in it didn't make sense, and it really bugs me. But yeah, Summer of 84, fantastic. Uh, then we have Saw from 2004. I did decide to rewatch Saw after we watched um, Spiral the, from the book of Saw. And I love Saw. I think it's an absolute classic. I mean, you even like the first Saw, right? Yeah, I like the first Saw. Yeah, it's really not that graphic as the sequels are. You know, it's not as torturous as the sequels are. And that yeah. ending is still one of the best ever. I will say this. Um, I've had Saw on DVD. I've had it on Blu-ray. And now I have it on 4K. And I've always thought the movie really never looked great. I think the first time I watched it was actually on VHS. Uh, actually, I'm sure it was. I rented Saw and 28 Days Later on VHS. I don't think I had upgraded the DVD by 2000. No, I did in 2003. So I did upgrade, but I still think I rented new releases on VHS because they were cheaper. Um, 2003 was when I upgraded the DVD. I remember because one of the first titles I bought was Texas Chainsaw, the remake, and Freddy vs. Jason, um, which I still have both of those DVDs to this day that I had originally. Um but yeah, Summer of 84, uh, or sorry, Saw, it, it, the 4K looks outstanding. It's never looked that good, and uh, I love that about it. 
but yeah, it's a great movie. Um, then I watched Scream and Scream again. Which... Buddy, why'd you, hey, buddy, why'd you watch Scream twice? You should be prepping for shows. Shut up. I made that joke. <laughs> um, it, this is, it's like sort of an anthology film. It was done by Amicus, but it's, it's not like a traditional anthology where it's like three segments. It's like you're following three different stories that you're going back and forth between and they all sort of come together at the end. Uh, it's sort of known for starring Vincent Price, Peter Cushing, and Christopher Lee, but they don't really have, I think only two of them have screen time together and it's kind of brief and there's not a lot of screen time um you know between the three um but the cover the the poster is really cool it's like a skeleton and acid but you don't really get that you kind of do but it's like not really you know someone falls into liquid which is supposedly acid but you don't really see anything and that's unfortunate it it gets it I I, i it was okay like i didn't think it was very good um I gave it a 6 out of 10, which I haven't rated anything. I don't know why I did now. Um, And then I watched Satanist from the year 1970. And this was a documentary on the Church of Satan. Um, It was interesting, but it really kind of, like, painted them in a bad light. (laughs) Like, they just seemed like douchebags. And, uh, like, one of the main points of the thing was, like, one dude wanted, like, a bigger penis. So he was like praying to Satan for it. So, yeah. Here we. Um, and then I watched The Clove Hitch Killer 2018. This is a fantastic movie. Um, I liked. Man, these 2018 rewatches have been <laughs> like phenomenal. Like that was a hell of a year. And uh, Clove Hitch is so great, dude. Like I love it. Did you watch Clove Hitch? Yeah. Did it make your top ten? I think it I think it was like number seven or something. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, man. On my list. It it was good, dude. It it held up. It worked well. Um, I thought that it was it was really good. And um it re- you know what though, man? It really reminded me of a good marriage, that Stephen King story. Yeah, yeah, I could see that. Like there was even aspects in the book, like in Clovich Killer, when the son thinks that his dad is a serial killer and he kind of like finds proof and he goes to the dad and the dad like shifts blame to somebody. You still don't know if it, if the dad's telling the truth or not. Um, he shifts blame to the um, brother, the, the, the kid's uncle. I'm pretty sure in the story of A Good Marriage, like the novella, that happens in there too like the dude shifts blame to his friend or something like that in the same type of way like that he covered it up for him and stuff it i almost would be shocked if the guy who directed clove hitch or wrote it didn't read that story because there's very big similarities yeah um and then uh the last one i think i watched more stuff but this will be the last one i talk about because i don't have them logged on letterboxd is cam from 2018 uh which of course was like that netflix film it follows a sex worker who is a cam girl and uh essentially her pressure that she puts on herself and her drive to be like number one in the rankings of cam girls on the site she works on and uh basically something sort of weird happens and she has to essentially figure out like who basically there's like a it's a doppelganger film 
Um, and she has to figure out, like, what's up with that. Um, I love the cam girl stuff. I think they nailed, like, the whole tone of it and, like, the, the realism with that. And even, I love this stuff about sort of what are you willing to do to be number one and sort of it, it, it's it's not like it's about money for her because we see that she has money it's more it's like her obsession with the fame of it which is sort of interesting it's an interesting commentary there um i liked it more than i expected to like it even though we but i remember we reviewed that on nnc and and we both really liked it we thought it was good but i didn't see it as like top 12 of 2018 whenever we were doing the picks between the guys that were on that show and i still don't feel that because i feel like where the film really falls apart and it doesn't fall apart it's just not as interesting is when they get into the doppelganger stuff i just feel like it's not interesting and the way they handle it is mm. not as it's not it's just not that good um so yeah that's cam and and that's that's it for me i think i might have watched a co- some some other stuff though that's all right buddy that was fast right. wasn't it it started out fast when you were naming all the stuff you already named before and then you <laughs> slowed down when you got to the millions that you still hadn't talked about but yeah sure no i slowed um, down on a couple that i was reviewing <clears throat> because i got screener copies of them and i wanted to do them justice i see I see. Okay, anyway. How many I shall do you go have? through. I'm not counting them a lot. Okay. <laughs> Why? Because, buddy, we I have, didn't we do a lot. The, we, yeah, you did. We put off. You did, like, 20 more that you already talked about before, plus, like, 40. Listen, like, we put off the pod, and this is what we get. Alright? Alright. Uh, Alright. Anyway, first up, I watched. Annabelle Creation from 2017. Because just like JP, I'm also going through my summer series moves, and uh, Annabelle Creation is one of them. Um, I think it's a solid, solid horror movie. Um, I think it has really good, effective jump scares in it. I dig the setting of it and the storyline. Um, I think it's the best out of the, you know, little Annabelle trilogy that you have in the Conjuring universe, and uh, it's one that Again, it's still effective. It holds up. I still find it pretty creepy. And I like the characters, too. I like the little girls. I think that they are um, good actors. Uh, and it's just uh, had a cool plot. I really dig Annabelle creation. So, that's that one. Then after that, I watched, I watched uh, It Comes at Night 2017. This is one that blew JP and I away when we saw it. Uh, we saw it with a double feature with The Mummy, which did not blow us away. And we saw this one after, not really knowing what to expect. And we couldn't believe how good it was. Um, this time around, I still think it's very, very good. Um, I feel like it didn't have as big of an impact on me, which I kind of expected, you know. Um, I never really even planned to rewatch this movie because it was one of those things where I saw it in the theater and I was like, wow, I want to keep that moment forever. But, of course, I had to rewatch it for the show. And, um, like I said, it's still very good, amazing performances, um, very simple but effective plot. Um but it just didn't have the same impact, like I said, and it's just, you know, one of those things where you you see it once, you see how it all wraps up, and you're like, whoa, and then the second time around, it's just not the same, so 
but I still rated it very high. Uh, it's still a solid, solid watch, and people are stupid who ask what comes at night. After that, I watched An Evening of Edgar Allan Poe from 1970, and um, I watched this like right after we figured out that was going to be the next show, and then I got the boot from Brandon, so, and I was like, yay, I don't really have to watch these movies anymore, no, but anyway, you anything- you like, yay, you were sad, and then you were like, yay. Yeah, now I'm like, yay, I don't have to watch these movies anymore. I was just sad because I wanted to be on the show for the fun of it, but I didn't feel like prepping for the show, you know? Because I like the crew, and I think they're fun. But actually doing the prep, I feel like, is going to make me miserable. But this was an easy one to watch anyway. I think it's only, I think it might be under an hour, and it's literally Vincent Price sitting in a chair. Not just sitting in a chair. He, like, changes positions and settings and clothes. But he reads off uh, four Edgar Allan Poe stories. I think it was four. Um... And I can't even remember. One was The Pen and the Pendulum. One was, uh, I believe, The Telltale Heart. Uh, and the other two, I forget. They weren't as well. Oh, one was the cast of the, the, the John Analdo or whatever. The cask of the ombre, the that one that where he puts the, de- the guy in the wall. Uh, um, I think it's like the cask of Amar Bonado. Yeah, something like that. And then I used to say armadillo when I was in school reading that story. <laughs> You're stupid. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> but I think there was a fourth one as well, and I can't remember it. But anyway, it's literally just him being dramatic and reading it out loud and doing basically his own monologues like he's on a stage or something. And it's a cool concept, you know, just because you wouldn't like no one's gonna get away with making a movie like that today like no one's gonna care enough to watch that but vincent price was awesome awesome guy i wish he would have been alive for my time because i would have loved to meet him so rip uh but that was cool then after that i watched ma from 2019 ma is a movie that uh, i find very rewatchable and i find the characters quite relatable in it and i really dig it it does have a few flaws of course unbelievability and conveniences and stuff like that but i really like it i just think it's a fun movie i know some people are mixed on it but it's one that's like i said is very rewatchable for me and the characters really kind of sell me on it um i just think they're pretty relatable characters not necessarily for me because i was a loser and didn't really party or anything but they just seem they seem like kids i would have known in high school so i dig them all then after that, I watched What We Do in the Shadows. Uh, was over our friend Matt's a few weeks ago, and uh, he said, "What shall we watch?" Um, you know, him, his girlfriend, and our fiance now, and um, two of our other friends were there. And I was like, "Let's watch a horror hair comedy." And I picked this movie, and I was like, "I don't know if everyone's gonna really like it, but I thought it was hilarious, so I want to watch it." And we watched it. And I love what we do in the shadows. I give it a 10 out of 10 now. It is hilarious. Um, The comedy just works for me so well. And uh, everyone else seemed to actually enjoy it too. I was afraid they were going to be looking at me like, what the heck? But they they were getting laughs out of it as well. So that was cool. But yeah, I give it a 10 out of 10 now. It's such a fun film. It's one of those ones that I would put on if I was in like a really bad mood. It would probably lift my mood. So, And that's a film I always avoided because I always thought it was going to suck. But I enjoy it. Um, after that, I watched Pie Whack It from 2017. Um, you know, this is another 
really effective one. You know, a girl uh, gets into witchcraft and wishes her mother dead and then regrets it. And then it seems like some stuff might start to happen. That It's kind of like a be careful what you wish for type of film, but it is done right. And uh, it's very eerie and honestly quite depressing as well. So I really dig it. It always gives me the feels just for the main character and her regrets for being you know, having a bad relationship with her mother and everything. So I, I, I enjoy Pie Wackets. It is a good one. Then after that, I watched Texas Chainsaw Massacre 2, uh, which we will be talking about on Summer Party Massacre. But I've said before, I really enjoy it. Uh, it's a fun film. One of my favorites. Uh, you know, that's no surprise there. So uh, we will talk about it on Summer Party Massacre, and you guys can see what the other girls think of it. Um, then after that, I watched Super Dark Times 2017. Uh Fantastic movie, uh, very dark movie, so appropriate title. Uh, another one where I think the characters are super related, relatable. Um, just very, it, it all just seems so realistic and so of the times. Uh, some people think it doesn't feel like the 90s. I think it looks, I think the aesthetic is fine in it. Um, and I just love these characters. I love the dark nature of it. And uh, it's one that's definitely gone up for me even more so so that is a good one the only thing is some people might debate it's not horror enough but we shall see after that is the killing of a sacred deer again 2017 and another one that i hadn't watched since watching it back then because i thought i probably it doesn't seem like something that i would want to rewatch, but Surprisingly, this one really held up, and I might have even went higher on it. Um, it's a strange movie. It wouldn't be for everyone. Uh, the dialogue is very uh, sort of blunt. Um, I don't even know how to really describe it. It's just very, uh, like, yeah, I'm doing my homework now. Here's my vagina. Here's my, like, everyone just says stuff in a very monotone, matter-of-fact tone. And uh, I don't really know why it's like that, but it, it makes the movie... It's because intrigued. the director is gr Greek, and he probably has a language barrier. At least that's my opinion. Oh, really? Yeah. I yeah, think I there's so. a language barrier in the script and how he directs. But that, why would that have to do with the American people talking like that? Because the, the way it's written and stuff, and probably the way he wants them to say it. I don't even know how I would tell, like, people, hey, say it like this, like, in this stupid way. Like, I I don't know, buddy. I don't you know not, if that's... Do you not like that about it? I do. Well, I... What? The idea that that might be the issue? No. Like, do you not like that aspect of the film? No, I like it. I, it's weird, but, I, like, I think that's what, like, keeps me into it, because it's so ridiculously off-putting. So, I don't know. But, I mean, the plot itself is pretty disturbing as well, so that is also good. Um, it's, but yeah, it's definitely a weird one, but it's, it's good stuff. Then after that, I watched Get Out from 2017, of course, and Get Out is, it's a good movie. Honestly, though, this time around, I wasn't really feeling it as much as I have in the past for some reason. I just... For some reason, it didn't, uh, I was kind of, like, not as into it. Um, I don't know what it was, but I, it just kind of was like, yeah, it's okay. Like, I didn't see it as much of a masterpiece as I used to for whatever reason. But it's still good. I still rate it high. But I don't know. Maybe I've seen it one too many times, like, in recent time. But 
I'm not sure what is up with that, but that, you know, that's good out. After that, I watched The Lighthouse, uh, and The Lighthouse I was dreading rewatching by myself because I thought I'm going to be bored by this and not get into it. Surprisingly, again, uh, I'm kind of like you where I, on these rewatches of these movies, I'm kind of going up on them a little bit, it seems like, and I was like afraid that wasn't going to happen, but The Lighthouse uh, is a very well done movie, very well shot, uh, beautiful to look at, great acting, and uh, honestly gets, you know, kind of disturbing towards the end, so I I definitely think it's a horror movie, and uh, it's a good movie, but, you know, it's just one of those ones that I probably wouldn't watch again. Like, I would watch The Witch again, but I would not watch this, I don't think, on my own, unless it was for a podcast. What is it? The Lighthouse. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, like, I wouldn't feel like sitting down and curling up to The Lighthouse ever again, but um, it is a solid film. You can't deny that. After that, I watched Bliss, um, 2019, and uh, this is one, again, that grew on me a little bit more, even though I did like it the first time, but it grew on me a tad bit more. Um, I will say, like, I kind of understand why people are annoyed by the main character, because I had the subtitles on, it's just kind of funny. She says, like, fuck in every sentence multiple times, and especially when you're reading it on the screen, it's like, oh, here it comes again. Like, it's, it does almost get to be a little bit much, and I didn't feel that way the first time around for some reason, but... This time, like, she was kind of getting on my nerves with how much she did swear, because it seemed almost a little bit excessive, but other than that, I dig it. It's got a good story, and uh, it's very, you know, kind of to the point, and it's a sort of drug-induced nightmare-style type of film, and I thought it was, it's a fun ride, so, uh, bliss, that's a good one. After that, I watched Satan's Slaves 2017, and um, this was a first-time watch for me. It was one that I remember was uh, getting good reviews when it came out, but it was one that I missed out on, and um, I think it was one of those things where it was the end of the year, and this movie is, like, almost two hours long, and uh, it was, like, crunch time on prepping, so I just kind of thought, I'll skip it. I didn't think Satan's Slaves sound like an interesting title, but watching it, um, I was wrong. It's a very creepy film, and I liked it. It's one of those ones that has, again, jump scares that really work. Uh, I, I do this thing now where a jump scare comes on, and I literally go, oh, like by myself in my house. Like it's not even ironic. It's not even like to be funny. It's like I actually make that fake scream when it happens, and that happened a lot in this movie. Uh, it's a creepy, creepy film. Um, and I do recommend it if no one has seen it, because, like I said, it got past me for that year. And have you did, did you have you um have you listened to the new ABCs of Hidden Horror with Brian and Jamie? No. Well, they re <clears throat> they re um they started a season two because they finished the original Alphabet. Oh. Um, which was funny because they talk about how like they thought that you know hey 26 letters of the alphabet there's 52 weeks in a year they're bi-weekly it'll probably take like a year maybe a little bit more to do and it was funny because uh dave was like you guys know when we started this and it was like it was literally like 2015 yeah that's ridiculous yeah so it took them like six years to finish which was just hilarious but um they started i'm actually very happy that jamie came back from like retirement 
um, yeah. and they sort of re they're like rebooting not really rebooting it's just they're continuing ABCs of Hidden Horror um, with just Brian and Jamie um, probably because Dave has lots of commitments and he didn't back when they started originally and he finished up the whole um, series there with them yeah. but uh they 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 started a, the new one and the first letter came out which was a and they have a new segment on there the name of it's escaping me but the new segment is like sort of a talking point just like a thing in between the two main segments of the show where they just sort of talk and they did a segment on like things that movies that scare them or scared them when they were growing up or you know whatever and jamie's <laughs> jamie's really funny when she talks about like movies that scared her in like the night like wh when she watched a certain movie and it was like really taking me back to like all the times where i was like really scared of of movies and things like that but what you were talking about kind of reminded me of that so shout out to them definitely check out the no new I believe they're calling it the Bride of ABCs of Hidden Horror. Horror. Um, <laughs> and they're also continuing Colossal Collection on there. So the first episode that came out was like a mammoth. You know, it had the ABC segment, the new segment, and then the Colossal Collection segment, which is my favorite part. Um, and that was real. It's really good. So so definitely check it out if you guys haven't. And I suggest Carly you because you'll be able to stay up to date on it because it's only, I think, bi-weekly. Um, so check it out and you can catch it for right from the beginning with the letter A. Yeah, I've been, I had always wanted, I actually never even checked out the original ABCs of uh, Hidden Four Hair. And I've always wanted to, but I keep, I just haven't gotten to it. So I'll definitely try to start on their new show and see because I'm sure I will like it, because I do like Jamie. And I've never actually heard... Well, no, I've heard Brian on, like, guest spots, but not Brian. Like Brian and Jamie are really funny together. Yeah. Um, like, <laughs> they were talking about the Alien movies on the Colossal Collection segment, and, mm -hmm. like, Brian loves Aliens and Jamie doesn't. And yeah. it's like, you could tell it, like, gets on his nerves a bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like, some sometimes, like, she really likes a movie and he just thinks it's, like, kind of crap. Or, or you know okay at best and, and that's funny but I love when Brian gets like like kind of ranty on stuff yeah he cra he really cracks me they're, they're very good together and um I particularly love like when a movie an annoys Brian <laughs> <laughs> um it's good stuff dude definitely 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 uh check it out it's a good show all right I shall do that I shall do that now, to get on to my 15 other moves. Anyway. Yeah, Satan Slave's good move. After that, I watched Crawl 2019. Um, and Crawl is a fun movie. We saw it in the theater, had a fun time with it. Um, and it still is a pretty fun movie. Uh, but, you know, I don't know if I would con necessarily consider it one of the best of the best. But I do think it's a fun time. A fun, I guess, creature type film if you want to call it that uh very unrealistic at times of course but it's it, it is a good time and the characters are like well you know you're mainly following this uh girl and her dad the whole movie and they're stuck in their house and these creatures are coming at them and there's a hurricane and everything so um 
you know, a lot of good, like... We had a cool. lot of fun on that one when we saw yeah. that in the theater. Like, I don't think it's a great movie. Um, yeah. Of course, Alexander Aja did that one. Um, but it was really fun. And I, I actually just love, like, the hurricane setting. And I'm a sucker for killer alligator movies and, like, crocodiles and stuff. And it it feels very, like, convenient at times. But it's just, like, you don't care because you're watching killer alligators. And it's a, it's sort of a spectacle-type movie, you know? It's like a summer type of type of film it's not super dead serious i mean it is it pretty much plays serious but you don't yourself as an audience member don't take it overly serious yeah um i really like that movie i, I think that i think it in terms of like killer animal movies it's like one of the best we've got in years yeah it's nice to see that it does take itself serious i yeah. guess too well with because that type we're of so thing. used to like the stuff we walked watched during shark week Yes, which is coming up. Uh. What is it, Shark Week? Is it July or is it August? I feel like it's it, August. I think it's the beginning of August or end of... I think it's August. Well, th just to let you know, I picked up, like, a handful of new shark movies for sh Shark Week, so I'm pretty excited. Just so you know, I have two B. <laughs> <But anyway. laughs> I'm just saying. Anyway, um, where was I? Alright, um, and I'll just run through... Okay, well, hold on. Yeah. These four real quick, and that is, we have, I watched Sleepaway Camp 1, 2, 3, and 4 while, as in Return to Sleepaway Camp, while I was sick um, of Arby's, oh. Arby's, Arby's poisoning. Um, and, you know, Sleepaway Camp 1, we already saw, uh, I watched these because it's something we're doing on Slumber Party Massacre, by the way. Um which I didn't even really have to watch the movies, but I thought, I'm sick, and I don't feel like watching anything that's, like, too serious, so and I'll just watch... it's, like, summertime. Yeah, so it was it was literally, like, the start of summer. Um, but, yeah, Sleepaway Camp, the first one, has become one of my favorite horror movies of all time at this point, um, and I love it, so I don't mind rewatching that multiple times in one yeah, year. you watched it, like, three times in a calendar year. Yeah, pretty much. Um, but I don't regret it because it's a great film. I love it. Um, and then, you know, Sleepaway Camp 2, uh, very, very cheesy. But, uh, you know, it's weird. Like, Sleepaway Camp 2 is kind of horror comedy where you got the one-liners and it's not trying to play it serious. But also I feel like the kills are very brutal in it and, like, not funny at all. Like, that's what I always thought was weird about Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3. Everyone's like, oh, they're so fun and funny. And it's like... I feel like they have some pretty, like, downbeat kills. Yeah, they're, like, mean-spirited. Yeah, they're not, like, funny. It's, like, actually pretty upsetting. So, but, um, I like part two. You know, people love the sequels. Uh, part one's always been my favorite, though. It's hard to really compare. It almost feels like a t totally different slasher set at camp. But it does try to keep the continuity, obviously, with Angela and uh, her backstory and everything. But... I dig part two, and I think they are inventive with the kills, so I appreciate that. And there are a lot of them, I have learned. Um, and then going into part three, again, like, there's a lot of kills in part three as well, but I think part three isn't as creative with the kills. Uh, she kind of just, like, stabs a lot of people to death, and that's kind of like it, or, you know, hits beats them. It's not um, as creative. Of course, you do have the lawnmower death and the flagpole death, but... Uh, it's just, it seems like there's more bodies dead and everything. And I think you guys mentioned on your pod, like when you guys covered this a long time ago, how <laughs> Back that, in like 2013. 
yeah, like how the black dude keeps playing that rap music and it's just like beats. Yeah. And it's like not actual, like there's no words. <laughs> and it's just so funny because like there's that part where that white girl is like racist and she like says something. She's like, we don't want to listen to your crappy music. Like they're not saying anything worthwhile. And he's like, rap is art or something. And it's like, there's not even words. It's just like, <laughs> like he's not even listening to anything. But what, what year did uh, Sleepaway Camp 2 come out? Like 89? 88 and then 89 was part three. So two and three came out like, yeah, I th- yeah, yeah, like something about like the portrayal of um, like black characters in the late '80s, early '90s, um, in terms of like hood kids is like it's so funny because they're all like the same. Like I always think of um, the movie Ticks, which came out in like 1990, uh, which has Carlton from Fresh Prince of Bel Air, and his name's Panic in the movie because he never does. And, uh, and, like, I always just think of, like, that's, like, the quintessential, like, black, like, rap-listening character of the 90s in horror movies. And they all feel exactly the same. Even, like, the young kids, like, um, you know, the kid from uh, People Under the Stairs, I feel like, in Friday Five, like, feel, like, that type of character, too, in a way. Like, just their... Yeah. It's, like, the the way they talk, it's, like, they all have, like, this wit to them. Oh, like, the wit, the, like, sucka and stuff like that? (laughs) Yeah, like, they all have to have, like, slang and stuff back then. It's weird, but... Yeah, they're, like, uh, you know, they have, like, a a street edge to them. Um, Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love (laughs) Full. Like, Full is... Yeah. One of my favorite horror characters ever. Like, I mean, I watched people on the stairs when I was, like, five. And then, like, even at Fool's Age, you know? And it, it was, like, always so relatable. Like, I just, I loved his character. And I, I, I mean, you know how I feel about that movie. My number one yes. of 1991. Yes, yes. All right. Three more moves. Three more moves. Three more moves. Okay. Uh... Return to Sleepaway Camp 08 uh, is awful, um, and it's, it's sad not that, that it's, bad. It's awful. <laughs> I like it. No, it's no, you don't. It's yes, horrible. I do. It's literally horrible, buddy. How it's many so, do you have? I have two more after this. I said that just now. You said I have four more, and then you proceeded to list off four Sleepaway Camp moves. I said I have. I'm gonna list these four real quick, just like real quick, because they were a franchise. But anyway, Return to Sleepaway Camp, I feel like could have had a lot more potential is my issue because it had three cast members, the original cast, come back. And instead they were like, let's just put this annoying kid in it and let's make all the actors horrible and let's just make it look like shit. I like it. So, no. Um, okay, let me ask I... you this. Sleepaway <laughs> Camp 2 or 3? Uh, 2. Okay, you're one of the smart ones. Yeah. I always felt like Sleepaway Camp 2 and 3 were shot back to back and they put all the money into Sleepaway Camp 2. Yeah, it, there's definitely a... That's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. Like, I feel like they, there was a quality drop in Part 3 and you could definitely notice it when you watch them. Mm-hmm. Alright, like, what just... is your last two? Alright. Last two, Depraved, 2019. Um... It was a pretty cool movie. It was almost like a modern-day sort of Frankenstein-type John, if you want to call it that. Um... But uh, is it horror hair? I don't really know. It felt more like a tragic drama in a way. But I oh, did think this was, was the film good. that made 2019 instead of us. This, every film made 2019 besides us, buddy. But 
no, Depraved, um, yeah, it did make the list, um, but it's one that I do feel, it's like, was it, is it really horror hair? I mean, it ha it definitely has horror elements, I, it's like the idea behind it is horror enough, but, and towards the end, I guess it gets to that, but to me it's like, felt more dramatic than horrific or anything like that, but I definitely see the elements. It, honestly, it's probably like more so horror, I don't know, than Super Dark Times is like horror at, in that it's dark, but then this one's horror and just what's going on. But did Annabelle comes home make the list? I don't. What year is that from? Twenty nineteen. Yeah. No, no, it didn't. Hmm. I don't think anyone mentioned that one either. What about? Uh, We're not talking about the twenty nineteen <laughs> list right now, dude. Let me just get on to my next one, just, please. Just one more. Just, just like real quick. Just like real quick. What? Um. Did uh. Did um. Oh, I lost my train of thought. Oh, such a great year. You don't even remember <laughs> what movie you're going to say. It's probably not on the list. Oh, 47 meters down, uncaged. What? No. Oh. That movie wasn't that good. You think that yes, should make the list? It was amazing. Wait, no. What? I'm thinking of the first movie. You're so, I was like, you want the sequel of... No, like, that movie like... wasn't very good at all. <laughs> No, that movie was okay, but it was just okay. It was just like, all right. Which I think you're thinking of. I think you're mixing that up even with that black. No, not black water. Is that what about no. Brightburn? Uh, no. Listen, let's just move on. Oh, Can I get this last Brightburn. one, please? I need to go to Nizzle. I'm so sad. Why? Brightburn didn't make it, and I love Brightburn. It might have. Okay, let's just move Did on. It make it? I I don't know. I don't know. It didn't. Like, shut <laughs> up, buddy, please. I'm getting annoyed by that. Like, sorry. Oh yeah. Well, I, we've been talking mad shit. I know. Like, shut up, everybody. Like, go screw all yourselves. Like, it's not my fault. Like, like you get two picks. Everyone gets two picks. Like, my bad. What'd you pick? Um, it doesn't matter. No, like, seriously. Just say what, my, what I have one pick? more move to talk about. Right. Just one more. Tigers are not afraid. 2017. You picked that. No! Oh. <laughs> what? Stop getting so mad. Like, silly? no! I'm not being silly. No, call me silly is not going to calm me down, dude. Like, freaking tires are not afraid. Tires aren't? Tigers aren't afraid is another movie that I watched from 2017. Not even 2019. And it's a good film. It's on Shudder. It's got very good kid acting. I think it's a little bit overrated. Not going to freaking lie. Um, It's just depressing. And it's not one that I would feel like just being like, oh, I want to watch Tigers Are Not Afraid and see a bunch of kids live through a horrible life. That's like, I don't feel like watching that again. But it is good, like great acting. And I like the sort of setting. It almost reminds you of an apocalyptic video game setting at times. So there's that. But yeah, so that's all my movies. Let's move on. All right, buddy. Well, I mean, you know, you shouldn't beat yourself up like more than appropriately over your poor job on 2019 i didn't do anything <laughs> i know what do you want it what was this i'm not gonna like no bunny i'm not i don't fight people uh only when they get out of the only when they road rage you yeah because you're in person i have the time to get out of the whip and fight you <laughs> all right you guys you guys are too susceptible to trolling no, we're not. You guys actually are mad about it. <laughs> we're not sure. mad. We just think it's not right. But like it's Jamie's okay. Post was right. Like, you guys are, like, so serious about it. Well, okay. 
what i don't think we're so serious it's just like we spend a lot of time doing it and we 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 you know i i mean yeah we take it serious yeah you got this moron duncan who's the host he's the one putting in moves that like shouldn't be in sometimes yeah well i mean i'm just saying like i like most of the time i'm trolling you guys but at the same time like i do think it should have went in it's like not that i don't think it should have went in and I think the drama of it, the, the like crying about it, makes it more entertaining for listeners. I'm so I play crying. that up. No. All right, well, go. Uh, don't play it up to me. Play it up to somebody else. All right. <laughs> I mean, I agreed with Jamie's post mostly. Like, it is for fun, and we're not, you know, we're not supposed to, like, fucking like be upset that our pick didn't get in or anything like that i mean insidious what did make me pretty upset and um but i agree like i agree with that buddy i'm just saying i hate how everyone's like oh 2019 it's like the yeah, only year that dropped the ball yeah but like you got like everyone screwed up i no. what what our year went perfect what are you talking like, about 2018 they, and 2015 they like not <laughs> Didn't they like not even put the conjuring on either? Like or some wasn't there another year where they put they didn't put a movie on the Those two aren't mine, so I don't know. I don't care about your what you're worried about my year though. Yeah, well because it was the ball dropped year. Yeah, well worry about other people's <laughs> ball dropped years. I did. Twenty ten mess dude, no insidious? Come on. That's I think that's way worse than us, in my opinion. Um but I just I think the problem with 2019 in particular was like I like depraved you know what i mean like i just like i think there's a lot of people that think that's a bad movie like well now well now now that i've watched it i mean i don't think it's bad i just don't really think it's like i don't i agree i don't think it's like worth being mentioned on a top list but i don't think it's bad yeah i mean i guess i don't know it's okay. Like, I, I mean, everybody, it, it, it's what makes this whole thing fun. If this didn't exist, if there wasn't, like, people upset or, like, my film didn't make it in or, like, Jamie when when Dracula, um, Bram Stoker's Dracula got bounced um, back in the 90s one, I think. Um, like, if that didn't happen, it wouldn't be as entertaining of a experience. It, when when the gloves come off and everybody's or the gloves come on gloves come off i don't know what the saying uh, would be uh, depends how you fight yeah, um when, when that happens it's it's really fun and entertaining you know and of course nobody wants to be the person like that everybody's saying you messed up your year so you know obviously you got you got a little defensive and stuff like that but it's i think i don't think anybody's like dead serious on it you know what i mean i don't think anybody's like actually mad i just think it's like something to you know, we're just bitching and complaining. It's it's fun, you know? And that's how I have fun with it, you know? And, like, you know, Jamie says, like, you can't take it too serious or it won't be fun. And I agree with that, too. But at the same time, like, I'm somebody that, like, whenever I get, like, really into something, I usually take it more serious than, than some people. And that is what's fun to me. But it's not for everybody. Yeah, I'm I'm not being defensive. Okay, but but seriously though, like I mean, I think that most of the, I mean the 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 import like Midsummer is probably the clear cut favorite for 2019, and and if that hadn't made it, then I would be more upset. You know what I mean? So it yep. oh, it it wasn't. 
I'm not saying you guys did a bad job. I'm just I'm just saying it in like making fun of you guys. Yeah, but you're you're coming at me twisted all the time. Oh yeah, I come at you twisted all the time. You, is that new? And it's annoying because you keep saying like, "Well, 2019." Like you keep acting <laughs> like I'm not on the year when you say that. No, it's, like, I irritating. know you are. That's why I keep saying it. Like you keep saying it like everyone's. You're like 2019 is really the talk of the chat. So I'm not in this chat <laughs> that you guys all must have created where you're talking all this mad shit. But like, fucking square up. Whoa. All right, dog. Chill out. Like, what is it? The, like, ooh, the saggins under the 19, 2019 sucks chat? Like, what is it? Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, okay, can we move on, please? I need to go to Nizzle. Okay, okay. We're moving on. That. All right, so first up is Spiral, not the 2019 film, because that was better than Depraved. Um, but we're talking about Spiral, the book of Saw, which is the ninth count them nine count them ninth how do you say that count them ninth or... count them nine nine i messed or, up that yeah you messed you didn't say that right okay way to point out my flaws you just said you messed up i can point out my flaws i point out your flaws i never would point out your flaws dude you point out every flaw i've ever had <laughs> I don't even have, even once I don't think, like, or a thing, you, like, make up, say I have a flaw. Um, Spiral, the book of Saw, was supposed to come out last year. This is the ninth Saw film, um, even though it's technically a spinoff, people are calling it that, was marketed as that, but it really is a sequel, in my opinion. It's basically, it's in the same universe, it's not a complete, like, yeah, it's, it's, I, no, I think it's a sequel, I think it's a sequel. Um, so if you go back way back to 2004, and of course, these will be spoiler-free reviews, okay? Spoiler-free. Um, way back to 2004, Saw came out October 29th, 2004. And then every year up until 2010, we got a new Saw film around the Halloween season. Then we took, believe it or not, a seven-year break between Saw 3D and Jigsaw. So, that's kind of crazy. Yes. Because this break has only been four years. That actually surprises me when I think about that. Like, we just got a new Saw four years ago. Um, so, uh, this one, Spiral, uh, is the first Saw film to come out in not October. This is a summer film. This is May 14th. Now, it was supposed to come out last year, but of course course covid delayed it but i believe the release date was still you know 20 was in in the summer so uh kind of went away from the the halloween time um this film was directed by darren lynn bowsman who of course uh was the director of the three films after the first film so saw two three and four and he actually returns which i thought was a pretty interesting choice you usually don't see that happen too often you you might see the creator come back like james wan or something with like how uh you know elm street with um west craven's new nightmare and things like that and and you might you might see that happen every once in a while but usually like not the guy who directed like two three three and four <laughs> uh come back all those years later um this famously got 
picked up after I believe Chris Rock was at a party, like a Hollywood party with one of the executives at Lionsgate. And he said, hey, I have an idea for a Saw film. Apparently, Chris Rock is a pretty big Saw fan. I guess nobody really knew that. Um, and that's literally how the, isn't it funny how like certain, like certain people can try for years to get a budget for a movie. And then Chris Rock just walks in and he's like, Hey, I got an idea for song. They're like, all right, let's do it. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, this is, um, this is the ninth Saw film. It's called Spiral from the book of Saw. What is the plot on that? Oh crap. Um, uh, a uh, Spiral book of it's a move starring Chris Rock. Okay, so working in the shadow of his father, Detective Ezekiel Zeke Banks, you didn't have to say Ezekiel, whatever, and his rookie partner take charge in an investigation into grisly murders that are eerily reminiscent of the city's gruesome past. Unwittingly entrapped in a deepening mystery, Zeke finds himself at the center of the killer's morbid game. Yeah, so. Uh, basically, Chris Rock is sort of this, you know, go-getter, good cop in a land full of bad cops. And he's working undercover, and there's a history with him and the other officers in the precinct. Like, essentially, a lot of them are corrupt, and Chris Rock is, like, one of the only good guys left. And somebody starts doing saw-esque murders you know traps and they think it's a copycat and he heads up the investigation uh he gets a new partner uh who also seems to be a good cop and essentially it's him trying to unravel the mystery of who the new saw killer is there are references to the original Saw film, which is always greatly appreciated for me. Uh, I think a lot of the things that people hated about Sp Jigsaw was it didn't tie up any of the loose ends from the uh, end of the original run of Saw films. This does not either, but it is not really intended to because it's supposed to be another story set years down the road. Um let's talk about this movie and then we could talk about the future so the movie does have beats of comedy in it which i had heard people say it was a comedy it's not a comedy it's just chris rock is kind of a funny guy and it, it it's almost like a crime not to incorporate that a little bit um samuel l jackson's in it he plays the father of chris rock and samuel l is always funny and fun to watch um where, how, what do you want to say about this film? We watched it a while ago. Um, you know, I I dug like the Chris Rock ass. Like, like I did dig him as a main character. I thought he was okay. Um, he did he had feel a, few... a lot like Chris Rock though. Like he didn't really yeah. feel like another person, which is no, yeah, kind of a problem a little bit. But I kind of like the. I don't know. I kind of like his like comedic ways in the movie i didn't think it was too overbearing because people were acting like this was a pure comedy and it's really just chris rock making a few one-liners and that's like the gist of it but there's aspects of the story that i liked i like that it's a new idea obviously and everything um but is it and though? that's the thing that's i think that's a lot of people's complaint about it is it doesn't feel new 
it feels like we're retreading the same surface, but with just different people. I guess. I just mean, like, I, I'm glad they didn't try to be like, and then it was actually blah, 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 blah. Like, I didn't try to do a big unraveling, like, uh, Hoffman and everyone was actually involved all along type of thing at the end. It's, like, actually a spinoff. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it is essentially the same story line when you think about it. But um, I did not like the new voice. Mm-hmm. I thought it was stupid. Um, and yeah, they changed I, the obviously Tobin Bell's voice. I mean, I think they could. I, they probably didn't want to pay Tobin Bell, maybe, but like, I feel like they could have used the same voice. And you know, like in Scream, right? Like the, the Scream voice is the same in all of them. You know, and and Billy died in the first one. Um, yeah, because it's like a voice changer. And I, yeah, I don't. I mean, when you watch Saul, do you, like, I feel like that's not just Tobin Bell talking. Like, I feel like it's distorted in a way. But, mm-hmm. I, I mean, I'm, you have other unbelievable stuff in these type of movies. So, like, just say that, you know, it's a computer-generated, like, mimic of the Tobin Bell voice, you know. Mm-hmm. I think everybody would have accepted it. But I, I actually didn't mind the new voice. It's not as good, but they made it. They tried, they tried to make it different, so I would prefer different than trying to copy it and not be the same. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you there. I just, it was, like, jarring. But uh, I also feel that the traps were not that good either, and they're not explained, and they don't really make a whole lot of sense. And, you know, something else... Um, I actually heard this on, I was listening to Cut to the Chase's retro of the series and also just our thoughts on this movie. Um, you like know, well, well, this might like spoil kind of. Don't spoil. But you, I don't know if it would spoil. I mean, it's like. Spoil you, the traps? I can't, never mind. Just forget it. Um, it's just like, there's no element of surprise is like, I guess what I'm going to. Surprise try to, with the reveal? No, not with the review. Like, the people, like, do they live? Don't they live? Do they live? Don't they live? Type of thing. You mean, like, you're expecting them to fail in the trap, is what you're saying? Yeah. Because of the way the story's told. The way that the story's told. Basically, um... I don't know, like, do you remember? It's like you get... No, I have no idea what you're talking about. Alright, well, I don't want to keep saying stuff. Okay, I mean, you can say stuff without spoiling it. No, I can't. I don't know how. I don't know what a spoiler... I, I will never understand what a spoiler <laughs> is versus... Like, I'm talking about the movie. The whole movie is a spoiler. Go watch it. Well, no. Like, I mean, well, it's new. You don't... I, I don't like spoiling new movies. I've always been that way. Like... No, I'm not saying... I'm saying I don't understand... Like, I just don't... Like, I feel like I'm revealing everything in a movie because... Technically, you just like don't want to talk about anything that you couldn't figure out on your own, like that you wouldn't just know already. You don't want to give give specifics. Um, like I don't understand what you're trying to say. Like, so in all the Saw movies, is that not the case where you where you know, like you have a feeling that the person's not going to get out of the trap? There's cl- you already know beforehand. Oh, you're oh, what you're saying is. They find a body dead, and then we see the trap. Yes, you already you know. You say that. Why can I say that? Like, why am I allowed to say that? That's like, not I don't a understand. spoiler. 
Okay, fine. You fucking know, like, that but, you already okay, see the clue. Okay, You're getting so hostile over this. I'm not getting hostile. Like, can I talk? Yeah. I'm just saying you already know what's going to happen, so it's, like, not even... Ex- you're just pretty much like, uh, yeah, let's see this guy die, like, in a matter yeah, of seconds. Yeah, but the problem no... is they don't do... They do that in the first saw. It's not like it's new. They've done that the entire time. No, and I'm saying with every trap, though, in this move. They don't do it with every trap in this move. They do it with every trap in the move. No, they don't. Okay, never mind, then. Okay, let me... Let me... Okay. The first trap... We know he's dead before it happens. Okay, I guess not that one. Okay. What about the 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 hot wax trap? Okay, never mind then. I guess Lacey was wrong. Yes. Lacey was wrong, buddy. It the re and, and but it is a it, it brings up a point, right? And the point is that like, because Dave said the ending completely surprised him. Did it surprise you? Like, the reveal? Um, no, no, it didn't, because... Or, or wait, yeah, no, it didn't It didn't surprise me because of something that happened earlier in the move, too. That, right. like, I so, made it obvious. There is one... And the reason I bring this up, there's one death that they show. The body, and then the person, and then what happens, right? Yeah. And the only reason they do that in this movie is to swerve you on something later. Yes. If you know what I mean. So I yeah. don't know where Lacey was coming up with this, like, that all the traps were like that. It was literally one. But they, but it's not new either. Like, think about the first Saw film, right? Like, they, the, remember Amanda with the bear yeah. trap? Yes, buddy. Like, you talk to her and then it flashes back to the trap. So you already know she survives. And then in... Um, the the first saw they find the guy who burned to death and they're like this is what happened and it flashes back and shows the trap and they the what was the other one the um, I I know what she, she means in this movie I think don't they they like show the person in the trap and then they cut to like a regular scene and then they'll show like Chris Rock finding like their finger and then it'll show that was the scene one, of them that was finishing. the one that was the guy that got his fingers tore off it was really the one. Oh, okay. But they they do cut in the trap like the wax trap. They cut back to Chris Rock trying to rescue the person in the wax trap, right? Like where he figures it out and he's like trying to find the person, and then it keeps yeah. cutting back and forth. But again, that's that's not giving anything away though. You don't know how that's gonna play out. Um, it really is only the finger trap, and like I said, the reason that that happened is because they want to swerve you later, right? There is one other one. And this is get this is almost touching store, spoiler territory. There's one other one that happens, and it has to do with something important in the movie. Um, so it's to swerve you, and that and the swerve worked on Dave, but it didn't on me because I'm like this seems out of place. Um, I felt like the traps were very weak. Um, designed wise now it makes sense because i think brian and jamie brought this up in their patreon only review um jigsaw tobin bell's character was an engineer so obviously he build these traps a lot better than our new person because as far as we know they're not an engineer um but i just thought like it wasn't explained to the audience good enough like okay think about and we all know that 
the traps vary in degrees of difficulty and um survivability and like how messed up you would be if like some of them right like oh kill this guy in a room and take the key out of his stomach it's like okay that's not gonna be as bad as cut my eyeball out <laughs> you know what i mean or like yeah this one it's like be paralyzed from the neck down for the rest of your life or die and it's like uh it's not really that hard of a choice you know what i mean yeah and another thing with that particular one the spinal cord uh trap i'm like how would the machine know if you severed your spinal cord yeah like it did it was not explained at all it doesn't make sense um, I thought the finger trap was good. It was cool. I don't think it was designed overly well in terms of like the mechanics of it, but I like the concept. And then the um, the wax trap I thought was the best one because it actually like kind of upset me. What about the glass one? I thought that one sucked. The and one with the, the bottles. Yeah, because all Chris Rock had to do was go knock the bottles off before they went and, like, just sit on the conveyor belt and no glass bottles are going to fall in the the thing. Yeah, well, buddy, sometimes you don't think about it. Right, and you could make that excuse, well, he wasn't thinking he had to act fast and stuff, but I don't know, I just thought, I it didn't seem like that would actually happen. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think the shards of glass would spit out that fast and embed into your skin. I could be wrong. It just doesn't feel realistic to me. Um, and to, to my final point on the, like, traps and stuff, the last one was, like, horrible to me. And the whole way that the ending played out did not make sense to me. I thought it was stupid. I it actually kind of almost ruined the movie for me because I was just like, none of this makes sense. Like, what was his plan here? Like, what did they, they like, what? Like, it didn't, like, what, if he chooses this, well, what's the outcome then? If he chooses this, what's the outcome then? Like, I don't, it, it just felt really dumb. It, it felt, it actually made the new guy look, or new girl, look uh, very incompetent to me and didn't feel as cool as Tobin Bell. Um, yeah. that was like <clears throat> my biggest issue with the movie was how it plays out and it was a little anti you expect something more because of how good some of the endings in Saw is and it was just very basic um, and uh, I think that the police being corrupt thing is like super way too on the nose it's like yes we get it police in America right now is a big problem a lot of people think it's you know horrible this movie is about corrupt cops and everybody's corrupt and it just didn't it, it, it didn't come off realistic at all you know what i mean where i'm like dude there's no way that every like every single cop here is a complete piece of shit and like, is like a murderer you know what i mean like it just didn't like it just didn't feel natural to me yeah i agree i agree I think it, yeah, I think it just kind of falls apart at the end, and that's, like, the more I thought about it, the more issues I kind of had with the movie, um, so, I don't think it's great, but I still had a fun time with it, so, like, you know, people will say it's, like, a piece of shit, but I still at least got enjoyment out of it. I think it's the second worst in the franchise, and I still liked it. Yeah. Um, I put it, I put Jigsaw above it for sure. I put Saw 3D below it, and I think Spiral's second worst. But I still thought it was fun. 
Yeah. I don't know where I don't I've it's been a while since watching Jigsaw, so I don't know if I would We like had that a one. blast with Jigsaw. You you know yeah. you had more fun with Jigsaw than this. Yeah, I guess so. yeah, yeah. Alright, um, so I will rate it a solid 6.5 out of 10. Alright, um, I think, I'm trying to think, I think I gave it like a 6 or a 6.5, I think I'll give it a, I'll give it a 6.5 as well. Out of 10, out of 10. Actually, I meant to give it, I think I meant, I actually gave it a 6. Yeah, I'll give, I mean, I'll give it a six and a half because I don't really like Saul moves, but I still enjoyed this Saul move. All right, so that is our spoiler-free, which Carly does not understand how spoilers work, um, review of <laughs> Saul, just spiraled from the book of Saul. Um, why are you mad, Saldon? <laughs> You're lashing out on me at this episode. Yeah, this is our I'm big hot. return. And I know, that's how. that's what the audience likes. What, would you lash out on me? Yeah! No, the audience thinks that you're mean to me, and they're sympathetic towards me. No, the audience is always like, oh, we love seeing Carly give JP shit for his bullshit. <laughs> for his bullshit? They, they don't think yeah, I have they know. they know that I'm putting up with horrible stuff behind the scenes with you, and that you suck, and so they're like, yeah, Carly, get him. No. They're like, yeah. man, p- poor JP, leave that guy alone. He's such no a good has- dude. No one has ever thought that about you. <laughs> Why are you laughing? Because, no, like, that's not it. Like, people think you're horrible. What? No, they like, don't. People, like, you're always that guy that people think is really mean. Like, get out of here. All right, let's yeah. move on. So next up, we saw A Quiet Place 2. Now, this is a film that I totally didn't expect to exist because I was like, why would they make a sequel? to? I actually thought it would never happen, and it did happen. And we got it, and um, we loved the Quiet Place one when we saw it in the theater. It was really intense, right? Remember, like it, like it felt like everybody was scared to make a noise because it was such yeah. a quiet movie. Um, but now we have Quiet Place two, um, which I did. John Krasinski direct this one as well. Yep, he did. Oh, interesting. I didn't expect him to, but okay, he he directed yeah. this one. Um, it is a prequel and a sequel. The opening of the film is a prequel to the events that started this thing. And the rest of the film is a sequel to the events following the first film. So what is a plot synopsis on A Quiet Place 2? A plot synopsis is... Following the events at home, the Abbott family now face the terrors of the outside world. Forced to venture into the unknown, they realize that the creatures that hunt by sound are not the only threats that lurk beyond the sand path. Yes. So, um, this one stars Emily Blunt, um, the young, the Millicent? Yes. Um, who is, uh, the teen deaf daughter. Yes. Um, and I think the brother's the same too, right? Yeah, they're, yeah. Yeah, um, I feel bad. This little girl only got three roles in her entire filmography. Oh. And two of them are Quiet Place movies. That's kind of sad. She's really talented. Yeah. Um, so yeah, uh, 
if it, it pretty much picks up now this was a film that was supposed to come out in march last year it was actually the <laughs> film we were going to see right before they shut everything down yep it, like it was coming out friday it was like wednesday and they shut everything down so um if like now that this finally came out it really feels like we've moved on which is nice um it picks up short like it picks up first of all let's get into the early stuff the the prequel scene did you like that yeah i did i thought it was cool um yeah i really liked it i thought it was a great way to open the movie and you sort of got an idea of like how this thing started and how this family survived it and also you kind of get that sad moment too where you realize like um that one kid that's with them is not going to be around too much longer yes yes um and yeah so then we get into like the present and honestly like i was kind of annoyed Mm -hmm. because they completely disregard the end of the first movie yeah, they don't really try with that. They're just like, yep, they lived. And then, okay, we're done. We're like, yeah, I agree. Yeah, that did that annoy you? It did. I wish I would have watched the first movie again just to like get a real feel for that. But yeah, I remember the end of the first movie was like, there's no way they're getting out of this. What is, how are they going to rate themselves out? And it's just like kind of... It's like, like they oh. ignore it. Yeah, okay, they shot all of those things, I guess. I mean, granted, they have the whole hearing aid i guess trick at that point i almost wish they would have like done something else like like oh there was a backdoor passageway like i almost wish they would have done something like that then ignored the whole thing you know that that was kind of bullcrap in my opinion so it honestly like and i hate to say this but right away i was kind of like shaking my head at the movie annoyed you know stuff like that bothers me a lot and i was like man they're ruining this already um it was such a cop-out didn't you say the days were wrong too i thought the days were wrong too i could be wrong because i just watched the first film it says like day something and like i'm pretty sure that wasn't the day that they were on in the first film so i could be wrong or it could be suggesting that they killed all those things and then a couple of days had went past and then Uh they run out of supplies and they leave or whatever and that just happens off screen, which I would have been more okay if it happens off screen than just ignoring that it happened. But yeah. I'm not 100% sure. I'd have to go back and watch both and, and see the days. Um, but anyway, they realize they have to leave this farm. And the mother and the two kids, now three kids, uh, because of course she did just give birth. And that was mm-hmm. another thing. Like the baby was still, I assume, newborn. Um, yeah. And so it would have had to happen right after the first film. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though in real life, that baby doesn't look newborn at all, but babies rarely do in movies. Right. Because I don't think they can have a newborn baby on set. <laughs> right. That's a little, yeah, um, that's a little much. So they, they venture out and they run into this guy that they knew from the beginning of the movie, which made sense why they showed the beginning of the movie. And they uh, essentially, you know, bunk up with him uh the daughter realizes that like she needs to they they actually hear frequency from a place like a sos 
and the daughter wants to investigate it the family doesn't so she runs away and and thinks she can save her family by investigating this thing meanwhile we do know that this she has figured out this ability of high frequency sound waves um to sort of stun the creatures um and she's trying to find this radio wave um broadcast out on an island and the friend of theirs or the guy they knew goes out to find her and that's essentially the story of a quiet place too so what did you think about this one um i i thought it was pretty good you know i think um well i like i it's nice to see a sequel to a move it's like a continuation and not like a reboot and not, or anything like that. It's like just a nice solid sequel to a film and you got the same cast and you're following their story. Um, I liked how it kind of, first of all, it's like the dude they meet up with that's played by, I think his name's Cillian or Killy. I don't know how you say that name, but Cillian Murphy, I guess I'll say, who played in 28 Days Later as well as Red Eye and some other movies. Uh, I think he's a good actor and he was a cool sort of dude to kind of, I guess, take over the male character uh, since obviously John Krasinski you know what happens to him in the first move um and I like how it kind of shifts to the daughter being sort of the hero character in this one too um because I don't think the mom was like a strong enough person to really hold the movie down and that's what I thought it was going to be at first but uh so there's aspects I like um but at the same time the movie's not nearly as tense as the first one there's a lot more talking even the deaf girl like she talks a little bit and i don't think she did in the first and they're you know whispering a lot it seems like and uh where like in this movie i felt like i could eat my popcorn and not be obnoxious where in the first one you were afraid to make a sound so it's definitely missing some of that intensity there um overall though i did think it was a solid sequel and uh, you know follow up to see where their story goes um and i I think they said there might be a part three i almost feel like they should do like a full-blown prequel for a part three if they were going to do that but i don't know like Um, well i i think the kids would be too old at that point oh yeah you almost would have to set this one a couple years after the first one because kids are hitting puberty and stuff yeah, I guess so. Um, but. okay, so, um, me, I, I like a lot of aspects of this movie. I do think it did a good job continuing the story, continuing the story of the daughter. Um, she's very likable, and you root for her, and you want to see good things happen to her. Um, there is, like, the movie hops between characters a lot, and there are some intense moments in the film, um, such as, like, that air breathe, the, the lack of air oxygen thing that's going on and uh you know a couple of the things you know the monsters close calls with them and then like the the other people they run into like that there's some intense stuff in there the thing that bugged me about the movie was the first film was and you mentioned it that was so much more quiet and it felt like they couldn't make a peep they make a lot of noise in this one like a yeah. lot a lot of noise they're like knocking a lot of shit over in this one yeah too, making like. noise all over the place and it just doesn't yeah. feel like it's in the same universe it doesn't feel like they have to follow the same roles it seems like they give the characters more creative or that gave the story more um outs to things and i didn't like that it was bu- it was bugging me but it's that's typical sequelitis stuff 
where it mm-hmm. sort of ignores some of the stuff set up to for the sake of plot. Um, and I I, I I love movies that could, you know, stay grounded into the roles they set. It always annoys me when they break the roles. And I feel like this one is way louder. They talk more. Um, you know, the, the it feels like the, the creatures take longer to get to them when they make noise than in the first one. Uh, one of the best scenes in the first film is when the sun makes the noise and like they're only like 20 foot away or 25 yards away or something from the sun and it's like those creatures are there in a split second now you could say okay maybe there were more creatures in that particular area than in other areas so they still have to travel of course so it would make sense um that it would take longer if they're further away but i don't know it just it doesn't feel exactly the same and that kind of bugged me a little bit and um there are some great moments like there's this bear trap scene which i thought was like just like great it it was like it happens early on in the movie and i felt like it um was really awesome um i kind of feel like they lost a little bit of that family dynamic because you're watching like two separate stories really and like i kind i don't know if i love that but Overall, I think it's a good follow-up. It's I don't think it's as strong as the first film, but I was happy with it. Yeah, that's pretty much where I am at as well. I thought it was fine and dandy. Alright, so what do you want to rate that one? Um, I'd probably give it a 7.5 out of 10. Yeah, I'm right with you at a 7.5 out of 10. I believe I gave the first one an 8. And I only saw that one once, so I would like to rewatch it one day because it might go yeah. up. But yeah. Just a heads up, guys, if you're noticing some different mic quality and atmosphere, I, I think I hear a little bit of an echo on my end. Um, it's because uh, we actually had to postpone recording that episode that you just listened to most of it and finish up a few days later. And I'm currently in a hotel room, so. That is uh, why you might notice some audio differences. Um, But anyway, let's move on to our third and final featured review, which is The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me... Or is it just Conjuring? Is it Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? Or is it The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? It's The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It, but it's not The Conjuring 3. It's just The Devil Made Me Do It. Well, that's stupid. I agree. Was The Conjuring 2 The Conjuring 2? Yeah, it didn't have a subtitle. It was just The Conjuring 2. Yeah, so titles aside, this is, I believe, the eighth film in the Conjuring universe. Uh, Of course, it all kicked off with The Conjuring in 2013. And then it was The Conjuring 2, I believe, in like 2015, I want to say. Uh, I think 16, actually, 16. I believe. And yeah. then I believe it was Annabelle. And then he... it was, or did Anna, did Anna... No, Annabelle came out after The Conjuring. That's so Unfortunately. weird. Yeah. <laughs> so it was The Conjuring, then Annabelle, then The Conjuring 2, then Annabelle Creation, then The Nun? I think, and then you had... Curse of La uh, Llorona? Yes, Curse of Cash Grab, Yorona, and uh, what was the other one? Um, Annabelle, Annabelle comes out, and those came out the same year. 
and then the conjuring three and remember there was supposed to be the crooked man too and that just never came to fruition yes they gave up so this is obviously a pretty big franchise um the weird thing to me is it's approaching 10 years old yeah that is quite strange it makes me feel sick to my stomach (laughs) yes where has the time gone i do not know and um so this pop filter is getting on my nerves because carly broke my pop filter so i'm literally holding it in my hand jp gave me his microphone and the pop filter literally fell off when he handed it to me so he clearly did not have it on there that well and he's stupid and doesn't know how to put it back on okay whatever you say um but so uh now i read somewhere the other day that the director of the curse of la llorona said that that film actually isn't part of the conjuring universe well it's got a well then why'd you put a scene from the conjuring in it (laughs) like what do you mean what well that's that's what i was thinking right because doesn't it does it have a scene which scene does it have Sorry, it's a scene, I think it's a, it's a scene from Annabelle, and it's literally a second flashback. Isn't it flashback. like him carrying the doll or something? Yeah, to the church, or something. Yeah, it's from Annabelle, I believe. He's the priest is carrying the Annabelle doll, and he's like, I had this doll. I don't remember the movie sucked, but yeah, it, it's legit a scene though from Annabelle. So you yeah. can't just pretend that that didn't happen. <laughs> the, you know, it's like. You can't just you can't just put the toothpaste back in the tube, right? <laughs> yeah. Am I right? Am I right? You are right. Yeah. So it's and like, I don't understand the point of even making that claim. Like, why is why would you not want it to be part of? It's the only credibility you really have going on for you. Yeah, because like I see like everybody doing their Conjuring rankings, ranking all eight Conjuring films from worst to best, and then like the same like day, like this guy comes out and says the curse of la llorona is not officially part of the conjuring universe um let me see what it says here uh the curse of la llorona director director michael chavis whose work on that film led to him directing the conjuring devil it's the same director as the conjuring devil made me do it um (laughs) so according to Chavez, The Curse of La Llorona is not a Conjuring movie. The v- the very simple reason why La Llorona isn't part of the Conjuring universe is because it was made without one of the Conjuring producers, so technically it cannot be fully embraced. Chavez explained. That's the v- that's the very simple reason. Originally there was only supposed to be a playful nod to the Conjuring franchise by putting the father in and having Annabelle flash but it wasn't supposed to be marketed that way the plan was you would get into it and then you'd be like oh my god they're connected we we weren't from the beginning supposed to be doing that and that's why it was this outsider status but as the character Lyrona is outside herself i think it fits it's a tricky situation i don't want to give away the trade secrets the idea was just to have a playful connection to the conjuring because the myth of la llorona can stand on its own but james wan was on as a producer and the conversation got 
started about the Easter egg and kind of got away from itself. People love the connection, but the Conjuring franchise is created by a team that's been there since the beginning. It's not really right to do unofficial spinoff without the full team. It was just supposed to be a wink and the nod. I completely like disagree with this entire thing. <laughs> the, the, so you're telling me because um, you know Hellraiser four, none of the original producers were back, including Clive Barker. It's not. It's not a Hellraiser film. It's not part of the franchise, right? Right. Yeah. I'm sure there's hundreds of examples of completely different producers like you know them buying like i think um like phantasm 2 well mm. i guess that would technically the director would be the same but i mean like what do you need what, what do you need like three people from the original like like the whole team like you had james wan you know he produced it and you you know what what do you need do you need like two to make it work do you need three does it have to be everybody that was involved because if if that's the case there are no franchises yeah (laughs) so i don't i don't agree with this you 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 decided to put a wink and a nod and connect the universe so it's part of the universe dude get over it this guy is embarrassed because he's seeing all the rankings and his move is last on the rankings yeah exactly. he's like well it doesn't even count (laughs) that's what it is um so uh the conjuring the devil made me do it now this film i believe was supposed to come out last year of course due to covid it got pushed back much like the other two films that we talked about um and uh, what was your opinion going into this film like were you excited for it were you a big fan of the other films in the franchise like like what were you feeling i was actually rather excited i mean my expectations weren't as high as with uh especially the first two conjuring films i think they're great because i knew that a different director had done this one and yeah no uh, james wan we don't have james wan on this one so and i knew it was the guy from so that was you did know that i did uh, yeah i knew it was because i knew that was like why everyone was like like thinking it was going to be horrible going into it. But I still went in thinking, you know, whatever, they got the cast back at least. You have Vera Formiga, obviously, and Patrick Wilson. It's not like it's going to be that level of shit where there's just mm-hmm. nothing to it. And I like the Conjuring movies, and for the most part, I do enjoy the spinoffs. So I was pretty, you know, I was excited going into it. It's like, um... It's almost like, you know, getting excited for how you're excited for a Saul movie every time it comes out. Mm-hmm. For me, it's like I am excited for a Conjuring film. So, yeah, I went in happy. Um, I'm not like the biggest fan of the franchise, but the thing that I like about the movies is they feel big. It's like, oh, we're going to put a bunch of money into the horror film. You know what I mean? So, and yeah. like the Conjuring 1 and 2 to me feel like you know, those feel like the big ones. And then like the spinoffs are kind of like a little cheaper and they're like, you know, um, they're still good to different degrees, but they, they just, they don't feel as massive. You know, it's like, I guess it's sort of like when you think of the Marvel universe, right? You have like your, your Thor movies and your incredible Hulk movie. And then like, they come all together after like four or five movies come out and they do an Avengers film. Now I don't really care for those movies all that much, but it's like you know how like when the avenger the new avengers is coming out like everybody it's like real big and yeah. everybody talks that's kind of how this feels to me 
Mm. But um, I kind of had just, just like, I don't know how to explain it because I do really like The Conjuring 1 and 2 and Annabelle Creation and Annabelle Comes Home and The Nun. I'm, I'm like one of the only people. Um, the only miss for me was The Curse of La Llorona and that was... Um, I have never seen the original Annabelle, too, as well. So That one is a miss. Yeah, I hear that one's <laughs> Which a is miss. Un- that's unfortunate, because that was the second one of, you know, the movies yeah, in general right. to come out. Um, but it's it's kind of like, I, I didn't really think about it. This one kind of snuck up on me, I guess. It was like, last year when it got announced, I was like, or when it was supposed to come out last year, I was like, okay, yeah, I'm really excited to see that. You know, I kept seeing the title for it. And then when it got me excited again when HBO announced that they were doing like all these direct to HBO Max things because at that time I was still thinking like the pandemic is still going to be going on and we might not get to theater so I was excited to see like the titles like you know King Kong vs Godzilla and The Conjuring 3 and and all these films so mm-hmm. that that got me in Mortal Kombat that got me pretty hyped and then like because it took so long from there I kind of just lost mo- like most of my hype for it and then all of a sudden it's just it like literally just i forgot it was coming out and it came out and i was like let's go see the conjuring 3 next weekend and um so so my i didn't really have super high expectations and and to be fair i didn't really have super high expectations going in any way just because i knew like one wasn't directing it it's like the third time we're doing this type of story now you know what's weird though is there were three annabelle films before three conjuring films yeah, I've thought about that. It is weird. Yeah, super weird. Um, mm. But, okay. So, The Conjuring 3, a.k.a. Devil Made Me Do It, which I, I like that title, by the way. Yeah. The Devil Made Me Do It. I like it. It sounds yeah. scary. Reminds me of, like, Amityville or something. Yeah, me, yeah I feel that. Um, but, yeah, this guy here, um, he did a bunch of movies I, I really am not familiar with. And then he did The Curse of La Llorona, Ur- Ur- whatever. And, um, wait, double L makes a Y sound, right? Yep. La Llorona. Okay. Um, and then this. So, I mean, it, it kind of, a, I don't know why they saw The Curse of La Llorona and was like, yeah, this is our guy. <laughs> because i feel like most (laughs) people like panned that movie like most people didn't think it was very good yeah and that that was one where the trailer like really i remember we were like man this looks scary as hell like i can't wait to see that and then we saw it and we're like "Eh." (laughs) you know Mm -hmm. um but that that's pretty much it uh in terms of um his directing gigs uh the producer is david leslie johnson Mick Goldrick and he was a writer on The Conjuring 2 as well as Aquaman which is weird um and he wrote Orphan back in 2009 so um he's been he's done a couple horror things and yeah let's get into it so what's the plot of The the Conjuring Devil Ma- The Devil Made Me Do It it is Paranormal investigators Ed and Lorraine Warren take on one of the most sensational cases of their careers after a cop stumbles upon a dazed and bloodied young man walking down the road. Accused of murder, the suspect claims demonic possession as his defense. 
forcing the Warans into a supernatural inquiry unlike anything they've ever seen before. I don't know if it's like unlike anything they've ever seen before. <laughs> yeah, I thought, <Phil's> yeah. <laughs> kinda, they really hyped that up. It feels, you know, kind of par for the course, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Possessions, demonic entities, stuff like that. Um, okay, so l- let's unpack The Conjuring Devil Made Me Do It. First of all, I think the opening is really strong in this one. The it, They start with, like, a, an exorcism, basically. And um, there's, like, a great nod to the exorcist, like, right away, which I thought is really cool. Um, and they, you know, they, 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 it's a scary scene. It's good. I was like, okay, th- this is starting off pretty well. Um, and then, um, basically the little boy who's possessed, um, the demon sort of, um, goes into, I guess his future brother-in-law, um, cause it's the girl, he's his sister, it's his sister's boyfriend basically. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, and like we see that and Patrick Wilson sees that, but he has like a heart attack. So he can't really tell everybody that it happens. And we cut later to like regular life, like the demons exercise, like everything's good. And we find out that like Arnie is the one that's possessed and he commits murder, gets arrested. And um, it's up to the Warrens to sort of prove um, demonic possession uh, as the reason for that murder. And it wasn't Arnie. And they start investigating and get wrapped up into a cult. And that that's basically your plot. So, um, what did you think of Conjuring, The Conjuring, The Devil Made Me Do It? Well, I dug the story that it's based upon. Um, I looked it up and it's pretty accurate. It's an interesting story, you know. Uh, this guy was the first guy to ever have demonic possession as his defense in court so i thought that Wasn't was neat emily up. rose the first person um this is the first known court case in the united states in which the defense sought to prove innocence based upon the defendant's claim of demonic possession and it definitely wasn't the first ever because they even mentioned in the movie that it happened in the uk twice i think all right well united states then <laughs> all right anyway so you know I think it's a cool story. Um, I like that you have the Warrens as kind of more of a focus in this film because I've always really dug Farrah Farmiga and Patrick Wilson's performance as them. I like Mm -hmm. their chemistry and I just think it's like this cutesy sort of love story uh, with demons and stuff. Um, But overall, I did, I kind of, I was a little disappointed with the film. I thought it was definitely obviously the weakest of the Conjuring films and uh, there was aspects I didn't like. I feel like there was a lot of... It's one of those annoying movies where it's really dark a lot of the time. And that was kind of annoying to me. And then towards the end, you get like this thing with the Warrens. That's like this possession type thing. And I didn't really care for that. I thought Did it was you catch like, a little the bit uh, Shining reference? Yeah, I, yes. Mm. Yes, I did, actually. I um, did appreciate that. But Yeah, for, for me personally, I do think this movie is kind of disappointing. Um, I don't think it's a bad movie. Um, it's just not as good as the other two. 
And I don't know if that would necessarily be disappointing because it's like I didn't really have super high hopes for it anyway. I guess I was hopeful that it would be, you know, a little bit better, but I kind of expected it to be around here. Um, so I think for me, like the biggest issue that I have with it is I just don't think that the story was that good. Now, I really like the stuff with Arnie and like his aspect of the of the story, like when he has that you know almost like fever dream where he's uh dealing with the um you know the possession and the murder and stuff like that and even when he's like walking down the road and you can see all his veins and his eyes are all messed up and then he like comes back to reality like that that stuff was really good and so like early on in this movie i was like okay this is gonna be pretty awesome i think this i, I like where it's going and then when you start getting into the cult stuff and things i'm just like it just feels so by the numbers there's just not much to the cult like we don't really know much about it like we just know a little bit of backstory about like um the cult leader but it's like very minor and it's like you could have went into that so much more there could have been more creepy like cases where they're like trying to investigate this and stuff like that you know what i mean like they go to the one like one of the better scenes in the movie is when vera formiga is um like using her telekinetic like psychic ability to like revisit a murder scene of this cult and mm. like you could have did a lot more with that and like that's where your scares could have came from but it's like it's so basic like the way that it all plays out and like how you learn like the like like it, they build this cult up to be like oh this is like a serious cult you know they know some real serious shit when it comes to this cult rituals but it's like it's like kind of tame like they didn't really show much it's like <laughs> i didn't really like that i thought it was and and like what we do get is like this sort of generic hauntings like like fat ghost you know it didn't really yeah. feel like anything special yeah, I agree. I I enjoyed the stuff with Arnie and that storyline a good bit, and I wanted it to be more focused on that. And the scares in this movie just don't really... They're not very effective. Wor um, worse than the series, I think. Yeah, for sure. Uh, like, I, I had pr problems with La Llorona and the scares in there, but there were a few good ones. There was not yeah. one scare in this movie that I got scared by. Not yeah. one. Not a single one. Yes, unless I'm mistaken. Did I get scared at all? I don't think so, buddy. I think you. I think you did good. Yeah. Um, I'm, I'm growing up. I'm a strong man. Yeah, yeah, little guy. Um, I'm, I'm brave. Okay, uh, buddy. This is cringe. Um, <laughs> Shut up. Um, yeah. but no, like I, there was no scares for me, and and that's why I watch these movies. Really, like I know, like people are like grown men and like cross their arms like i don't get scared i haven't been scared since 1962 when i watched halloween on the couch with my babysitter you know what i mean but like i like to get in the headspace so, where i'm like halloween didn't come but but hold on but shut, shut, halloween, didn't come, halloween didn't come out in 1962 <laughs> okay i'm saying they watched it on cable dude um <laughs> and um like but me like i can get in that headspace i can get in that mode i could get in that mood where i'm like yeah scare me you know like i, I want to be scared i like I'm, i make myself vulnerable a, a good example of this was annabelle creation i think that's the scariest movie in the entire conjuring franchise 
Yeah, me too. And it still is pretty scary watching yeah. it back. I like. I was just like, man, this this. I remember in the theater, like just being like, ooh, ooh. <laughs> like just being like, yo, this is. I was like so happy. Like I was just smiling that I was like jumping and stuff. Like, and uh, I know people like lose interest in that as they get older when it comes to horror, but like that's the roots baby like that's where i got into it at that's what it was all about for me was the scares you know so um i still try to hold on to that as long as i can and uh, i'll probably be like a 70 year old man like jumping at annabelle 10 in the theater you know (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but yeah no scares in this one that's quite disappointing um the positive aspect of this one for me though is the warrens um while i was watching it i was just like man i could literally watch like 10 more of these like even this one that's not that great Uh i'm still hopeful that like the next story could be really cool right like because obviously these are based on real people and real hauntings and stories and stuff like that i mean most people think it's completely bullshit and you know like i'm not gonna argue with anybody on it like i i think that it's mostly bullshit too um but you know there's a little bit in the back of your mind that thinks like well maybe like some weird shit might have happened you know what i mean so it's like kind of cool to think about that um i know that like my friend tom from horrors ball is like a like huge 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 hater of the warrens like just can't stand them and can't stand these movies because of like um i I think i read you that post he said like they they exploited um vulnerable people there whole lives and profited on it and stuff like that so there i mean there are people that that really hate the warrens and it more i think also just like organized religion as a whole um so what's that i said yes um but me i'm like i don't care i I think it's like cool (laughs) i think it's like cool you know if it's fiction if it's whatever it is i think it's cool you know um yeah I think that, that, that these people, these characters played by Vera Famiga and Patrick Wilson are, like, way cooler than the Warrens, right? Like, if you ever watch the actual Warrens, they're kind of boring, you know? Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. these people are, like, cool, you know? They're, they're, it's, like, it's Hollywood. It's, it's fiction, you know? It's, it's dramatization. It's, it's uh, padded for effect and things like that. So it's a movie. And um, I like that about it. I think they're great movie characters. Now, whether the people in real life, you know, I don't really care, you know. But I find it interesting. I, if anything, I find it interesting that they were involved in so many of these famous hauntings. Like, that's kind of cool, right? Because regardless of if they were phonies or not, they still were involved in so many of, like, the biggest like historical like haunting cases and and stuff like that yes and i don't see why they would waste their entire lives pretending to be into ghosts but whatever like do you think that okay like because there's two thoughts right there right like there's well they did it for the money Right. Yeah, but it's, I just like where, when did it so, like you just one day woke up and was like, hey, honey, let's pretend that we can see ghosts and like can. Right. And, and that's kind of where I wonder if like they believed it themselves. Right. Like 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 they could have been in it for the money and still believed all the stuff or they could have been completely phony and didn't believe any of the stuff. So I, I do wonder like sort of which one it was. Um, 
but either way i think that it's uh i think it's neat i think that the the whole history of them and the the uh like cases like because i didn't even know this was based on a case like a real case you know what i mean because like obviously i know annabelle is like kind of based on a haunted doll but it's like the movies just went and did like the annabelle creation is not based on any story right it's just a yeah yeah but like i actually expected like the future of the conjuring films to kind of be like this you know um Or, or sorry, like like Annabelle creation, but I was actually surprised when you told me that because I think there's a scroll in it that says like you know gives an update on it or whatever, and I was like, was this based on something too? Like a, like an actual? I, I thought it might have been loosely based on like oh there was a guy who might have been possessed or something and they talked to him, but like apparently like it's based on like obviously like the whole cult thing is probably probably like the movie you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. But like the demonic possession aspect is um like yeah, the whole based thing, on a real case. Yes, like an eleven year old, they did an exorcism on him and they said that the demon went into Arnie, that was real, and then the whole case was real, the whole outcome. He only got charged for manslaughter of his landlord. Um, I think I read he they like went out to the bar or something and they were both drunk and then he ended up stabbing him to death or something like that. So that's like a little bit different in the movie, obviously, but yeah. uh, Yeah. So he's, he got 10 years for manslaughter and then he got out in five years for good behavior. And did he like live the rest of his life like cool or did he stab more people? Yeah. He lived the rest of his life cool. I believe he got married to that girl and that was like the end of that. Hmm. So yeah. You know, um, it's interesting i'll say that like it's fascinating to me i think it's cool i think it's like i think it's neat i I would really watch like a conjuring movie every year like maybe not a main line conjuring film but a conjuring universe film every year like let's do like you know another annabelle next year and then another conjuring film and then like maybe like another spinoff and then another conjuring like i could do that every year because i just think they're i like the universe like i like what they're doing with it um it's funny how like annabelle has become like the face of it though like even more than the conjuring and and the from from um the uh warrens because like i feel like one of the biggest moments in the movie is when they mention annabelle and then there's like a a little cameo of annabelle in there too you know what i mean it's like i feel like those are like like oh moments you know what i mean it's funny it's funny um Uh uh-huh and even the nun, like I loved the nun. I know a lot of people didn't. <laughs> I I always I I watch it. I've only seen it that once, but I I just think back on it. and I'm like, man, like I wish more people really liked that like I did. I thought it was so cool. Um. But yeah, um, I think that's pretty much all I have to say. Yes, that is it. You're good. I am good. It is mid dick, and I am good. Right. All right, so um, we didn't do letterbox reviews for any. It's okay. So <laughs> it, it's kind of fine. forgot about that. All right, no letterbox reviews. Um, but what are you gonna rate? Oh, conjuring the devil made me do it. Um, honestly, I am. I'm not super high on it. It was a little disappointing, and 
I mean, I would rewatch it, but it's not one of the ones that I would run back and rewatch. So I was only at a six out of ten on it. Wow, that's that's low. That's really yeah. low. That surprises me. Um, I'm gonna give it a seven. All right. I think it's a seven. Yeah, I don't know. I just wasn't too, especially like towards the like when it really got down to the nitty gritty. I just wasn't too into it, like where the story goes and everything, and some of the aspects of it and the fact that the scares weren't that scary mm-hmm. so yeah but so you I liked it about as much it. as spiral then yeah i guess so i think i might like spiral a little bit more wow that actually surprised me because you don't like saw but, really I, yeah i mean spiral i found entertaining i guess but i do think it had more flaws than the conjuring three so it's kind of hard to really even compare them mm-hmm. but like different um, reasons there was also a little bit of a nightmare on elm street part four shout out with what was it part four Dream Master. yeah joey um the waterbed oh oh yeah i guess see so. that's the first thing i think of anytime i see a waterbed in a horror film um but I, I thought, uh, well, it's probably just a waterbed scene. But no, the director actually said that it was inspired by Elm Street 4. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> yeah. I thought you were just like... So I, thought I thought that, that was stupid. cool. I thought that was yeah. cool. Um, okay, for me, I gave it a 7. I think that it's pretty solid. Um, it's I th- it's fine. It's good. I don't think it's great. It's good. Um, let me ask you this, though. Where what, what do you, How do you rank the Conjuring films? Worst to best? Um, let me think. I would probably, I think I like Annabelle Creation. Oh, wait, you said worst to best. Yes, worst to best. Okay. So it would go, I think it would go Lila Rona, Yarona, whatever. Then it would go the first Annabelle. Then it would go probably this one at this point. And then I guess. The Nun, then The Conjuring 2, The Conjuring 1, and Annabelle Creation is my favorite. All right. Oh, wait, I forgot about Animal Comes Home. (laughs) You're bad at this. You're bad at this. Shut up. No, shh, shh. Don't don't interrupt me. I probably like Annabelle Comes Home a little bit more than The Conjuring Part 2, so that would probably be my number three. All right, here's mine. Um, the worst is the curse of La Llorona. Now, keep in mind I haven't seen the original Annabelle, so I'm not ranking that one. Um, then I would go The Conjuring Three, and then I would go Annabelle Comes Home, and then I would go The Conjuring Two, and then I would go The Nun, and then The Conjuring, and then Annabelle Creation boom it bothers me that you haven't seen annabelle i feel like that <laughs> makes you like not real not a real <laughs> well i just heard nothing but bad things about it and i okay, actually but... i actually said like next time a, a conjuring film comes out i'm gonna run through the whole series but i was gonna do it in chronological order right so like the nun would be first and then um like annabelle creation and like go through like the the order of like the storyline. Yes. Um, but 
I, this one kind of snuck up on me and I just didn't get to it. And I, I'm always busy as hell watching other stuff. So it's like, I'd feel like I was, um, doing a dis, like cheating if I went and it'd be like irresponsible if I was watching all the conjuring movies when I should be watching 1970 films. They're all like two hours long. (laughs) I know that too. Right. I did throw in conjuring one the night before we went and seen it. I just fell right to sleep. So yes. Fair enough. Yeah. All right. Um, well, I guess that's it for episode number 64. Um, I don't know if anything's coming out like, like, I guess the next one would be either the purge. The next theatrical would be the purge or what's the, um, escape room two. I think, does that come out in June? I think so. Yeah, I can't really remember what all what all is coming out. Um, I would, I, I'm, lo- oh, he, you know, I just love that these horror films are doing well. You know what I mean? It just, it makes me so happy. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, what do we got here? Okay. Um, the sublet was that a movie? I, I don't know. <laughs> doesn't look like there's much here in in june yeah i'm not seeing i'm not seeing everything's everything's like limited in june um hmm. well you know what they say it's time for me to hit the hay yeah i think it's the per the forever purge is like the next theatrical film which kind of sucks a little bit Yes. Because um, I thought it looked pretty bad. Yeah, dude. And I'm... Don't be yawning. Uh, uh, buddy, buddy, come on! Alright, alright, yeah. I told you it was only going to take like 15 minutes. Yeah, it's been like an hour. <laughs> you keep, you're deciding like now at the end of this four-hour show. Um, we could also gonna... talk about Cruella next week, maybe. Yeah, we'll talk um, about Cruella. What, why are you... What, is, what, is, what, is, what, is, what What's going on here? You keep going Cruella. I'm not saying Quella. Quella lives down on 3rd Street. What? Quella, down on 3rd Street. I don't know who that is, buddy, but okay. You know, Quella Brown. I don't get it. I don't get it. I don't care. (laughs) There's nothing to get. I'm just telling you where she lives. I don't know who she is. She's just like an older black lady. Okay, dude. Like, I don't know 3rd Street. She holds her eye open with one hand. What? I'm not even joking. Like, she takes her fingers and her eyelid doesn't work. <laughs> <laughs> so she has to hold it open. I'm not joking. That's, that's stupid. <laughs> her name's not Quella. It's, like, something like that that I can't remember. Um. Anyway, Cruella. Yeah. Cruella we'll do that next. All right. Maybe. Yeah, Maybe. All right, everybody, thanks for listening to the show. Um, I guess I'll just say goodbye. So goodbye, everybody. All right, that's it. What?